0: Hi, my name is Selema Mabena Masekela. I'll say it for you one more time. Selema Mabena Masekela. And you are listening to the What Shapes Us podcast.
1: Why don't you do me a favor? What's up? Break, look in, into your camera uh and tell the people uh who you are that's a loaded question yeah one
2: sentence yeah i was about to say in- include
1: a- include your uh <clears throat> for sport include your government
2: include my government yeah that's heavy <laughs> you didn't know it was, you were coming to therapy today yeah i'm like oh my government name i have to face myself now um hey people my name is brick Justin brick house I am a surfer I love to surf and I am a revolutionary if you will of the current state of surf Bing. there you go that was a
1: great that was a great intro
2: that's the best I could do. You're I'm just trying to wrap assessment. it up. You
1: didn't, you didn't
2: do too much and you didn't do too little. Yeah, I'm not trying to get into the all the finicky stuff, but Who, we're revolutionizing the, what yeah. it is like. Who calls you Justin? My mom and my ex-girlfriends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> do they call you? So when girls get in a relationship with you,
2: does it start out? There's a brick. point where it transforms, where they're like, "All right, can I, I call, call you? you?" I can't call you Brick anymore. Yeah, I'm done calling you Brick. <laughs> like, there's a, there's a specific point where it's like, I'm not about to say that, right? But in the beginning, like, if you earn, Justin, right, you got to earn Justin, right. Everybody else, do not call me that. Google my name, find it out. Oh, his name's Justin. Don't come up to me and call me Justin. When did I say that to you? Right. Don't do that. Okay, Justin. Or even worse off is Brick your real name.
0: Do you get that a like, lot?
2: Man. All the time. I'm like, is Max your real name? Right. Just call people what they tell you their name is. W-
1: was <laughs> uh, Was there a time? Was there a not? Was were your parents listening to uh, certain music? How did uh, How did Justin House go to Brick House? Because the first thing that comes to my how, to my mind is um. She's a Brick House.
2: She's a Brick House. My last name is House. H-O-W-Z-E. Right. And when I was in the, what grade was that? That was the ninth grade. I had a teacher. Actually, I'm lying. No, I'm not. It was in the ninth grade. I had a teacher named Mr. Covington. He was like some type of finance teacher. Shout out to him. Mm. Strong black man. Awesome guy. And uh, he, every time I would come in the class, we'd go, he's a Brick. Da, 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 house, da, 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 da. yeah, and I mean, were you familiar with the song at that? I point? was no, I knew the song. I didn't really understand the actual context of the song, right? But it was still quirky. He didn't mean it in a weird way, right? But uh, but then from there, he would do it every day when I would walk in, and I would oftentimes walk in late, and so he would make a whole scene and do the whole thing, <laughs> and I would be like ha ah. ha ha, and then he just started calling me Brick. And then everybody in that class just started calling me Brick. And I actually really rejected it in the beginning. I was like, bro, don't call me that. Mm. And then um, I moved back to California because I was living in North Carolina. I was born in California, but I was living in North Carolina for a while growing up because my mom married a man in the military. And um, when I came back in 10th grade to California again, I was like, there was too many Justins in my class. So I was like, you know what? Mad Justins. and stuff. Mad Justins. Mad Justins. Too many of them. My best, pack it up, brother. My
1: best friend, the kid who taught me to surf, the first kid that I met, who became—he's still one of my best friends today. His name is Justin.
2: Yeah, nah. and
1: there were so many Justins in my school in Carlsbad School. I was just like, there's plenty. This of them. Southern California. It's like a, it's Justin, Justinville, Justinville, California. There's enough.
2: I was like, once I came here, I was like, you know what? This is a great time to completely reform my identity. High school. I think it's time to. To change who I am, fundamentally. And let's start at name. Brick. Let's go with that Brick thing the guy said back there. Yeah. And when me. you brought Brick to Cali, I'm sure people were like,
1: yo, have y'all met Brick? Yeah.
2: The it new was, guy, Brick. And girls was, were like, hi, Brick. Yeah, it was working. So I was like, you know what? The rest is history. Mm. And I feel like it's crazy because the name, every name has a feeling, you know? Every name makes you feel something. Like even Salema. Like when you think of that name- what does it make you feel, viewer? I don't know. I Think mean, about it for just a second. How do you feel when you hear Salema? <laughs> Salema.
0: It was my grandfather's name. That's beautiful. It was my grandfather's name,
1: and I didn't meet my grandfather until I was 19. My dad always used to tell me, you know, man, one day you're going to meet your grandfather, Salema. He's the one I named you after.
0: And he, my dad would tell me these stories about him. He was a, he was an artist and a scu- he was a sculptor. Yeah. So I was so excited to meet this dude,
1: yeah. and I always thought that I had a weird. Kids would always be like, "So what? Salami, saliva, oh, yeah. salamander." They were tearing you up. That was back before it was like anything was politically correct, too. Yeah. Well, in it's interesting. In New York, I was fine growing up in New York because there's so much culture out there. Yeah, everybody had people from you different know, places. My best friend was Yaquim, Tyrone yeah. you know, Vanya, Tor. You know, yeah. you you got dominicans and puerto ricans and italians and polish and people from the czech republic and and all types of africans so everyone had names like you know we had elaborate beautiful cultural names so salama was normal but when i moved to new england and then southern california
0: oh yeah they're like
1: that's how i got Sal. yeah like one day a kid came up to me at school and was just like hey bro we thought about it, dude. I was in I was in badge for I was like a week, and they were like, yeah, we figured it out. You're <laughs> Sal, bro. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you're Sal. And it just, wow, through the whole school.
2: Just, What's up, Sal?
1: Yeah, Sal. That's what you hear in the hall. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Sal.
2: Like, yeah, let's soften that name up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a little too hard for us. <laughs> let's, some,
1: let's round, let's round up, the up. edges off. round up. up. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a but, little yeah, bit. Yeah,
2: Brick, on the other hand, is very, like. It's like, bro, brick, I'd be like Rick, Greg, I'm like brick, brick, like a brick wall. I say it every time. It just gets cool like, too. It's just, yeah. Like,
1: I feel like you couldn't be a better, more peak moment
0: to be a dude named brick.
2: Yeah. Like I'm like, okay, it makes more sense than ever. Now, honestly, Mr. Covington. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Shout out Mr. Covington. Mr. Covington, wherever you are, I've looked you up on Facebook many times. Can't find you, but thank you. Dude. Was, was he like, a
1: teacher who made a difference? For you,
2: oh, for sure. He was just a cool dude. Mm-hmm. It was hard to find like he saw cool you. teachers.
1: Yeah, he saw me. I had an English teacher like that. Her name was Mrs. Frank, this yeah. is Debbie Frank from Carlsbad High School. And same with me, I, same with you. I was a, uh, I was a social kid, so I was often late yeah. to class, and she wouldn't let it slide. But she wouldn't discipline me as in embarrass yeah. me to make me feel small. Yeah. She would celebrate me being late. Yeah. with a song or dance or something and make me feel... She made it impossible for me not to be seen yeah. to the point where I was like, all right, let me just be yeah. on time and we'll be engage. On time
2: so we don't got to do the song and dance every time I walk in. Yeah. He's a brick. Yeah. Da, 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 house. And then she, da, oops. in
1: turn, like she really forced me to... Um, she, she really helped me find my voice and be comfortable. She saw that I had... She could see that I was struggling with identity. Yeah. Alone one of the, one of the three black kids in, in the whole school. Um, and she just, uh, yeah, she got it. I've tried, <clears throat> same as you. I say that because I, I've tried to find her. I used to go see her after I graduated for a few years. When I first like made it in television, I went to see her, and she was so proud. That's cool. She had seen me on ESPN, and she was just like, oh, my yeah. baby, I'm so proud of you. You That's did so it. Cool. You did it. And then they ended up, um, they ended up getting rid of her because at the school, because they said she was too radical,
2: of a teacher. Too radical. Mm-hmm. You have too many ideas. Yeah, too many you ideas. Too many progressive, forward-ish
1: thoughts. You have these kids really thinking themselves of themselves as individuals and pursuing. Who they actually are, as opposed to putting them in a bucket. So we're, we're gonna, gonna have, have, to have to let you go. We're gonna have to <laughs> let you go. We're looking for someone who can herd these cattle and put them in one pen, yeah. and let them know that they're not special.
2: <laughs> Yo, that's <laughs> terrible, but it's
0: very true.
1: That's and
2: exactly what it was. Is 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 true? So where do where were you born in California? I was born in Long Beach, California, Long Beach Memorial, and I lived there for a few years in the in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then. I was primarily raised in Carson. Did you know Vince Staples? I didn't know Vince Staples growing up, no. I know Vince Staples now. Okay. We can bond over Long Beach. He's a very funny, witty guy. Northside. Northside Long Beach. Northside. Yeah. He's one of the most
1: fascinating artists of of your generation. Yeah, he's extremely wise. I find him to be incredibly intelligent, and um, he should be... Far more celebrated on a greater scale, but he is. He's celebrated the by time. the ones who. He's celebrated by the ones who matter. Who matter. Really
2: matter and know. But well, he's, uh, he's he's an icon.
1: He's dope. Yeah, and no. I love that you know him. So that means I'm gonna meet him one
2: day. Yeah, for sure. I will sure. fan out. I'll try to be. I'll try to be chill. But they're like, hey, I'm sorry, bro. Vince You're- is great. You should get him on here. Honestly. All right. Yeah. But um. But yeah, I'm from Long Beach, uh, and grew up in Carson and was like at my grandparents' house and my mom's house and just bouncing around Carson. And when I was what seven or so, I moved to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I lived there till I was thirteen. So I had some pretty fundamental years in North Carolina growing up, being a kid, <clears throat> jumping my bike off of stuff. I used yes. to ride BMX. Yes. I used to want to be Nigel Sylvester, bro. Literally, that was like my that was the first person I remember idolizing in my life. Like I want to be you. It was like him and Jeff Hardy, randomly. But those were the first two people I was like, wow, I want to be that. <laughs> Excuse me, but uh, yeah, yeah, Nigel Sylvester. Um, I wanted to Shout be like out to Nigel Sylvester. Shout out Nigel Sylvester, icon, Beltz, BM- icon,
1: BMX icon, who's yeah. transcended the culture. Now you could see him being your your favorite rapper, your favorite anybody uh, knows who Nigel Sylvester
2: is. Yeah, literally. So, um, yeah, once I was in North Carolina, I was in the middle of nowhere, which was a very it was a Unbeknownst to me, it was a culture shock, but I was like, "Oh wow, now I'm in the middle of absolute nowhere." Yeah, Long Beach, Carson to to North
1: Carolina—that's
2: that's a not, shift. That's, that's a, like
1: that's like me going from yeah, you know, from 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 Staten Island, New York, yeah. or New England to to showing up at the beach in the, in the late '80s in Carlsbad, being like, "What is this?"
2: Builds character. It does. You know, builds character. So so yeah, when I was out there, I was just like I said, I was. just... At the the construction sites in my neighborhood, taking the dirt mounds and laying the plywood on either side of them, and just hitting finding some cinder speed, blocks, finding cinder blocks, you know what I mean? Just like straight just, childhood. Is
1: this gonna? Is this gonna? This is gonna hold? Yeah. Is to that, is that wood up? gonna snap <laughs> under <laughs> that, you have to that? Jump too hard block. And, the, and the wood snaps and you go up over the yeah. front of the bars.
2: Yeah, exactly. So just good old classic childhood. Just mm, yeah. outside, outside fishing. In the middle of the woods, like there used to be these like big empty like cornfields and maybe X cotton fields that Lord knows what was happening there, but uh mm. but literally we would like ancestral venture. lands of sorts. Yeah, we would venture into the woods and like literally find shacks in the woods. Like we would like really trek like a mile, half half mile, mile, maybe two miles into the woods and find shacks, bro. And I would find like the spines of books. And corn on the cob that looked like it has literally been there for a hundred, like the cob, just the cob, Mm. and like cans and glass bottles that look like they have been there for maybe literally a hundred years, fifty to one hundred. Lord knows, I don't know how long. Just dilapidated shacks, skulls of like dogs, and literally, I didn't really process it at the time. But we're in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina. Like, I was finding like artifacts. So yeah, we did a lot of exploring as a child, and um, I feel like that exploring and freedom that I had at that time and that age leaked over into adulthood and all the other ways that you got creative with what you have to it, make something out of it. it, it
1: you think it, it bred an ability for you to be to be fluid, to be able to one hundred change shape according to where, adapt to
2: wherever you are. Yeah, exactly. That and... Just, you know, uh, it was like, it was a pretty between, I mean, I wouldn't say it was totally diverse because maybe there wasn't like a huge Asian presence or Latino presence in that like hick town I was in, but it was definitely very black and white out there, you know? And a lot of like the black community there was very poor. There was a road called Doc Brown road and it was like, it was a lot of poverty on that road. Like extreme poverty, especially in retrospect, like and still is, you know? So I was living in a more of a regular, like middle-class neighborhood at best, I would say middle-class at best Mm -hmm. for North Carolina, I guess it it was that for sure. So um, I always had an interesting experience where I was definitely around like two types of people. And oftentimes my fellow black friends weren't trying to jump, bikes off of dirt jumps but the white kids were but the white kids were and so that's who i was hanging out with the white kids were ready to send it they were ready to send it yeah so like the whole neighborhood my boy greg shout out greg shout out lou and logan all those dudes like literally we used to just jump bikes and do stuff like that and um that also created that sense of otherism you know where you're like oh like I'm the only one who looks like me here, you know? But I never thought of it like that at that age. You're not really thinking of it like that.
0: Yeah, you don't realize you're an only until you are until you realize you're an only.
2: Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I'm just there doing what I wanted to do. But then I always remember that sense of feeling, like, kind of alienated by, like, the black population out there, too. Like, you know, a lot of people just literally were like, I I just legitimately felt like I could not communicate with them Like at that age. That's the only way I can kind of describe it. It was like the people that looked like me, I had a hard time communicating with them just a, a l- largely because of my interests, the way I talk. I'm like the California boy speaking perfect English, which, you know, talking white, unfortunately, the, the, the thing we had to hear.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's an idea sometimes within within black communities across the landscape this yeah. idea that like be, maybe you sound different than we do here yeah so something might be wrong with you or this this idea that like um we are a monolith so we're all supposed to sound the same be the same yeah and kids don't know any better they might they, they, they have been brought up a certain way and think that way and yeah it's a it's a weird thing the, the day that you get called out by your own for being curious about other
2: things 100 percent, and i think that so many people share that experience in a different way in their own way another thing about that time in life that like mid 2000 i was born in 1997 i'm a baby i was born yeah 97 march 97 I'm 25 about to be 26 next year but like that time, what was that? Maybe around the age of between eight to thirteen, when it was like you know two thousand five to two thousand nine ish two thousand. That area of time was very like gorilla zoe, chiggy, nelly, <laughs> like baggy pants, like gangster thug, guns, glocks, Bussin', pop, 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 <laughs> like that whole culture that we were like experiencing as being pop culture. I feel like also totally perpetuated how much otherism we were feeling at that time because you know i feel like there was even an era before that and i can't speak to it because i wasn't alive I but just, i just pictured like and ness oversized yeah jerseys. And, like my mom wasn't going for that like she was not letting she me had, like what are you even thinking about i'm not in the triple xls bro with the socks that come all the way up to the shorts that go so far down your leg they might as well be pants like you know, like I didn't. Have, we're not
1: doing that. Yeah, I grew up in a we're not doing that home. We're not
2: doing that. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like an aggressive we not doing that. It was just like, you know, I feel like my mom was just like, kind of like, you know, why would you want to do that type yeah. of thing? My mother was the same way.
1: My mother, my but my, just in general at that time, especially trend. If 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 it was hyper on trend, yeah, we're not doing that.
2: I yeah, like you know. Also, my mom just had mad kids too. So I mean, it was five of us. Mm. So it wasn't like you can't go get all of us. That's yeah, a cost
1: It's always a costly
2: lifestyle. Yeah. That's where my
1: thing was. Like you think you're getting a new pair of shell toes because everyone has. A, no, yeah, no, we're not yeah. doing that.
2: Just based on the train, you can't just like yeah, my no.
1: my mother would one up it to the point where one day she would just come home with shoes with from with shoes from like the market. Yeah, like some just off like, brand, shoe. like shoes, <laughs> like shoes, like shoes. No, those look. have five stripes i need three or i'm gonna get beat up yeah i don't care
2: yeah you're going
1: to learn to appreciate things and would send me to school in these canvas
2: yeah
1: i had another pair of shoes that i bought off a friend that i hid in a locker
2: yeah bro like (laughs) trying to keep my rep up we had had to try to keep our rep up for sure like my mom that had no malicious intent (laughs) yeah but she didn't know she was putting you in danger i was like you know we had walmart I'm like, all right, here we yeah. are. I Guess these are my options. I remember the first time I went to like PacSun or something. I was like, wow, a t-shirt costs twenty dollars. Like, you know what I mean? I've been off the Walmart five dollar i I've been, I've been on so these
1: long. three, four dollars forever. And when we moved to Cali, I tried to get some. I went to the surf shop and I was like, I need these trunks. Yeah, they were like, whatever, thirty dollars. She's like, no, you don't. We went to Sears. Yeah. And she bought these twelve dollar uh, trunks nice. with the elastic waistband. Yep. With and the a, net inside of them. Yeah. And a, a a pretty, like cheesy, I didn't know it was cheesy t shirt because I didn't know anything about the culture. And I showed up to school like, all right, cool. I'm cool. And kids were
0: like <laughs> Yeah. Ah!
2: Yo. That's how it goes, bro. Yeah. You had to learn how to you had to learn how to, you know, drip. For lack of better words, yeah,
1: you had to get creative.
2: Yeah, I remember my first time at, like I said, I went to Pakistan. I remember I like got some outfits, uh, and like we would get like, I would get like three outfits. My mom like, if we, once we started going there, it was like, all right, get three t shirts and a pair of pants. You're gonna mix and match. And you these. better mix and match and run it back. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you're gonna
1: mix and match and make these look brand new.
2: Yeah, nah. So I was running that Neff shirt. Like, had I known better, I would have air-dried it. I wouldn't have put it in the dryer so many damn times. Because, like, that shit just tore them graphics up, bro. Like, had I known even about how to care for a shirt, I could have made it last longer. Yeah. look better. But
1: soak, st- every soak. time it come
2: out the dryer, you're like, damn.
1: damn what happened to you? <laughs> I remember when I learned how to soak denim. Yo. I just soak, soak the denim in the, in the tub with the detergent and then let them air-dry and they stay brand new. Yeah. That could have saved me bro years and years shout out to aliasha work of more who taught me that one I didn't learn it until I was like 25 26 but it takes time Let it learn what you left out in your intro well I mean you did you did encapsulate it because your bio is long if you were to say all the things that you do yeah um but I like that you said revolutionary surfer
2: because it's it's you do a lot I do a lot you do a lot it's hard to just yeah, say it all in an intro. It feels pretentious if I be person, like so I do this and I do that and I do this and I have this and I've been doing this for this many years and I got these words and these plaques like I don't really like all that.
1: As a person who has many
2: jobs, yeah,
1: I understand. Many hats. But um you're you're a musician. Yeah. An artist. When I first met you and we'll get into how we met, you, <laughs> but
0: that's how
1: uh that's how. That's what I knew you primarily to to be. Yeah. Talk about how you came into your musicality, given how you grew up. Right. This duality of of what you had in Long Beach and Carson, and then North Carolina. How does the music bubble out of this kid who's dancing between you know early aughts two thousands hip hop culture and jumping BMX bikes yeah. with
2: Dwight boys? Yeah. No. Uh, I think that. Everything that I do spend energy on is a vessel for sort of the same message and mission. You know what I mean? In one way or another. And and it just finds different ways of coming through me Mm. as my life goes on. And I'm always switching mediums. So like one of my earliest mediums was like I was building haunted houses. Like that was one of the first times I remember like, wow, I'm being creative. I'm using my brain. I'm on YouTube trying to figure out how to make guts. And fake blood, like, look like you're cut in half. And, like, I'm using caulk from Home Depot and pouring fake blood on it. Please like, tell me
1: that there's YouTube pages. I can see this.
2: Yeah. I mean, I didn't do it, okay. but I was, like, learning how, like, all these little DIY creativity tricks and stuff. How? So I was 13 at that time. 12. No, I was 12. So, like, I'm, like, pitching to my homeowner and my mom, like, hey, mom, so I have this plan. Can you take it to the Homeowners Association? I need $800 to build this haunted house in the front porch. The whole neighborhood can come. mom's like cool take me to the meeting you know what i mean and i'm like okay so this is what we need i got a microsoft word document with like masks and blood and caulk from home depot and like all these things that i need to order like early when amazon came out and i'm on all these different sites i got all the links printed links out on a piece of paper and brought it to the meeting like look this is what i need to make this haunted house and um i got it they gave me eight hundred dollars because we live in a big neighborhood you know, so they were like, "Cool," and I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe my mom just like said they didn't gave me let's, the bread. I actually you don't know, know. What? for the movie. Let's say that the, the let's the, say the, they did. They were like they approved twelve year old. I have no idea. Actually, I gotta ask her. But I hey, feel mom, like they did. The
1: homeowners association.
2: I don't feel was like was, she was like. I don't think yeah, she like, would have been reason, the homeowners association. I, I, just, I just spoke to the writers.
1: We're gonna go with yeah. It was the HOA. It was the HOA that, that gave me the eight hundred
2: dollars. Cool, thank you. So yeah, they gave me the bread and like. I literally had this little porch build out and I had like four of my homies and I'm just orchestrating them. So I'm like, look, Kamai, you the smallest. So you got to sit in the box and act like your guts got blown out, bro. Uh, I had this chair that I literally built out of just two by fours and nails. And we wrapped it in aluminum foil and stripped the wires out of my old PlayStation one controller and turned it to an electric chair, Put a strobe light behind it in the smoke machine. And I had the electricity sounds like, on play on YouTube for every time they would come through would be like oh he would just act like he's getting electrocuted you know so it was like that was my first production where I was like cool and people is- came through and were like oh yeah the whole Whoa. neighborhood came through and was like wow and then we at the end we didn't have a chainsaw so we chased him out with the weed whacker like literally just the sound like <laughs> like it's not a chainsaw you know we took the little the little plastic wire off of it and stuff and chased him off the porch it was like you know so that was like that was one of the first times I was being like, hmm, I'm actually creative. But I didn't even think of it like that. I was mm. just like, I had this idea and I had to, that was my vessel. That was my way to get my idea off, you know? But that thing of being able to realize that you can
1: have an idea and then knowing there's a place that you can access
2: making it come to life, yeah, making it a reality. Because everybody That's like, walks around with ideas. Yeah. Ideas are God. That's what I always say. Mm. It's like, I the idea itself is literally God. Like people don't gotta believe in God. You don't gotta subscribe to a religion. I personally don't can't say I subscribe to a particular religion, but I definitely am a believer in God and serving God. And to me, the ideas are God. Like mm. when that's like, what if? Anytime your brain just goes, What if? It's like, where did that come from? Why did you even think of something that doesn't exist at all whatsoever? and feel like the world could be a better place. That's than with higher it. power energy. That's higher power. That's just something coming from somewhere. Also, maybe a compilation of your earth experiences, but just your brain just generating a thought and then realizing like, oh, with my two hands, my two feet, my brain, I can make that thing I just thought of or saw into something real in the world. That's like serving God. That's serving your highest self for your highest purpose. So like, I think, uh, yeah, at that age, Deep. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but deep. at that age, I didn't realize that. You're just doing it. You so didn't I, know
1: how deep you were, right? I didn't know how
2: deep it was at you that time. You
1: thought you were in the kiddie pool still.
2: Yeah, I was chilling. Meanwhile, you're out here, like, fathoms deep. Yeah, so, like, um, so, yeah, following that, I remember... Was like, and I'm just giving people the whole story because it's like I have a long story that I never really tell. Listen, bro, why do you think you're here? I want to tell the story, so thanks for asking. You're why do you think you're here? Here to talk my head off, but we're here for it. And um, but yeah, so like I remember at that time, I'd also discovered Odd Future and Tyler, the Creator's music, like early Odd Future, like super early. And I'm just seeing him on YouTube and stuff. And, like, I'm just looking at it like, wow. And I see California in all the videos. Like, he was, like, in Hawthorne and Torrance at that time. Such so an
0: interesting was, lens at the time, too. Yeah. they
1: their visual of california
2: exactly and it like me being
1: of everything that you were just talking about yep. your childhood was literally like dancing through these different worlds and these dudes were like yeah we do it all
2: yeah they're skateboarding he's making music he got these like weird music videos and we like a rapper and all old rapper all, the, all the conventional rappers yeah. being like weirdos yeah nah but to me it wasn't even weirdo rap it was just some of the first rap i remember truly being a fan of Mm. i'm at that age where i'm like just starting to be able to be a fan of something like kids will be a fan of harry styles or bts or whatever it is at that age like at that age i was like odd future which is a wild thing to have been a fan of but i think that the, the the kids who were a fan of that at that age all shaped into like these really high functioning creative limitless boundless adults because that was ultimately the core message of that movement that they were doing especially for those who are unfamiliar tyler the creator was just on his like it was radical that's the word like
1: listen i'm i'm gen x i'm double your age yeah and i i was arrested
0: by their arrival
1: yeah i was like this is a future version where we left off yeah these dudes decided decided to in my opinion, I was like they analyzed our historical documents of our generation, and then they're like, "We're gonna level this up into infinity." Yeah, nah, and and bypass 100%. their their own like millennial generation. Be like, now we're we're beyond you. Yeah. We actually like skipped a generation, and we're forming some new shit. And I was I couldn't help but yeah, be like, oh my god, this is everything that like skate culture and yep. and, and and like. It was a street culture of and 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 punk rock and, and 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 like you know alternative art all of it just like fused into like no box
2: yeah there no is box no box whatsoever so I, I was See, like this is my dream
1: if i was a kid at this age i was like this
2: yeah, is a dream a beautiful thing you're talking to a kid at that age i was a kid at that age i was like that was kind of my first exposure like i didn't know about I wasn't hip to, like, Wu-Tang and, like, hip-hop history at that time like that. Like, I was just like, this is my first experience with enjoying pop culture, if you will. Like, at least the music, being able to attach to it and be like, damn, I love this. I relate to this. I feel this. These are the weirdos. These are the black kids who were, like, skateboarding. And, like, a lot of the lyrics spoke directly to, like, you know... Uh, Too white for the blacks, too black for the whites He literally got lyrics like that And I was like wow, no way somebody feels like me You know what I mean So Tyler, man bro Tyler is a legend He's such a legend And I would argue one of the biggest inspirations of my life Because that was like a turning point for me Hearing that, seeing that Was like confirmation like oh So you literally can do whatever you want You can literally do whatever you want There's not like a Okay this is the limit, this is where you have to stop like I remember looking at my syllabus, or in or, or eighth grade when they're like preparing you to go to high school, and they're trying to help you pick out your classes. And so, in order to to pick out your classes for high school, they're like, and here's all the careers, here's all the career options, you know. So you want to pick your classes for high school based on what you want to be when you right. grow up. Eighth graders, and here's what you're allowed to be: doctor, you know, uh, mailman. You know they get X amount of, a year. Mm-hmm. Electrician. You know, electrician. You can be a this photographer. They only get twenty thousand dollars a year. You know twenty five thousand max. You know, uh, plastic surgeon, brain surgeon, four hundred thousand. I'm like, damn, I want to be a brain surgeon. You I was in like,
0: school for fifteen years. Yeah, that was my. Well, first, you could get that money.
2: Literally. So that was like my first instinct, and I remember just picking those classes, but also looking at that paper and being like, "But where's where my where do I fit in here?" You know what I mean? I was just like picking it because I was like, "Well, this is all I get." So Odd Future and Tyler, the Creator, and what they did for that time literally showed me, like, oh, that whole chart that they showed me isn't even a real thing. You can do whatever. So It's like we were talking about before, about, you know, if you're a teacher, you got to... Yeah, that's your job. Herd the Herd
1: them into these little boxes. Yep. Don't... Do not let them think that they can go and,
2: and do their own thing. Exactly. And, yeah. like, some people, it's even deeper than teachers, you know? Like, some people's very own parents will, like, keep them from realizing that they can do whatever it in the is interest of
1: what do. they perceive to be the them looking out for the safety yep. of their child based on their perception of what
2: how society might view yep. them etc cetera, etc cetera. and they bar their child from serving that idea that they have their true being self like damn i want to this you know like my mom always gave me the grace to be like do it you know what i mean so I say all that to say to get back to the story, um, dude. We, you're not getting back to the story. This is the story. This is the story. This is the we story. are living inside of the story. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I, I remember I was like, "This is so cool," and I had this idea. This was one of my next ideas, which leads us to the next idea. Mm. You know, the vessel. I was like, I heard one of his songs, and I loved his music videos. I heard one of his songs, and I wanted to do a music video for it. Obviously, I don't know Tyler, the creator, so I had all these ideas. I was like, yeah, what if this? What if that? What if we this? What if, you know what I mean? And I was like, well, I don't have a camera, so first things first, I need a camera. So for my birthday, I was like, mom, all I want for my birthday is a flip video camera. Remember those joints? Yeah. A little tiny flat joint. They had a mm-hmm. the little screen that pop up or yeah. pop out on it. And we went to the pawn shop, got one for 40 bucks. They were $100 at the time. So my mom got one for 40 bucks and we were lit. I was like, cool. I got this flip video camera. Now I can make this video. So Shout
1: out to the person whose life was in a bad way, uh, who had to give up that camera, who ended
2: up serving your dreams. I actually never thought about that. That's deep. (laughs) That's actually so deep. Because literally that camera changed my life. So I get that camera and I have my best friend at the time, Mikey. I'm now in ninth grade north carolina and me and mikey um i was like okay so in this video i'm gonna play tyler and you're gonna play earl and we're gonna go film this but like i had to respect my mom's schedule because she had five kids i had no car and i lived in the middle of nowhere i was living in the suburb of fayetteville north carolina so not in fayetteville proper but in a small fayetteville country adjacent suburb fayetteville adjacent called rayford north carolina hope county if anybody from hope county is listening Shout out. It's probably the first time it's ever been said on a podcast. <laughs> but um, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm living in Hope County. And so I had to be like, okay, mom, I got to shoot this video in downtown Fayetteville. That's where the the locations are at that I want to shoot this. I'll shoot part of it at my house, part of it in the little wooded section. Like, But I, like over the course of like three weeks, I had to ask my mom to drive me downtown to shoot these videos, you know? And she's like, all right, cool. So I stacked it all up. I got a torrent of Sony Vegas Pro 7, I believe, at the time, like, editing software. I'm just on YouTube. How to edit a video. Like, this is when this is before people realized you could cut two videos into one video. They'd be like, oh, how did it switch? You right. know what I mean? Like, this was when it was like, if you had a video, you would just look at it on the camera or play it on the TV through the cord, and that was it. Right. People weren't editing on their phones. There was not even videos on phones yet, you know? So... I'm over here editing a full video. I mean, hundreds of chops in this video. And my friends are like, how did you make this? You know what I mean? So over the course of those weeks, I shot it and then I dropped it. It was a Tyler, the creator video. I'm not going to say what song and you're not going to find it because I think I put it on private I and mean, it's going to be left that way. But um, I think it needs to go public. Yo, it's it's I, so embarrassing. I literally I think it needs to go public. It's just, so embarrassing. I couldn't. I'm, but the people every are saying now right and now again, it needs to go public. No not happening <laughs> every now and again some random dude would be like bro didn't you have this like tyler the creator like video like way back i remember i'll be like i'll talk about that you should honor that but it is uh We're but it is beautiful it right because now. like okay i shot this video first video i ever uploaded in my channel and then i just started tweeting it to tyler and tweeting it to out future and them and just put it on youtube and like i got like 400 000 views and i was like oh wow like i mean first of all when it got like 100 views i was like we gotta oh I, knocked my head off. <laughs> I was like we got 100 views oh my goodness like a thousand views you know however much time went by and then long story short it ended up getting like three four hundred thousand views in when in, this is this is 2011. 2011 wow this is 2011 you know this
1: is that's basically 50 million views at the time
2: that's 50 million that's the equivalent
0: like, to a 50 early youtube
2: views. i'm on 300 400 000 views what are we in 2022 it's 11 years ago yeah i was for no nah, this was 2010 this must have been 10 10 or 11 yeah almost it's definitely 12 years ago yeah so i'm 13 at the time right so i'm like oh my goodness you know and then like all my friends are like bro you're famous <laughs> I was like, I'm moving back to California with my dad. I'm famous now. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So, uh, I like, I literally, I made another video. It got another like 100,000 views or something. It didn't do as well as the first one. But then I found this dude named Kyle on the internet. Super duper Kyle. He's like a rapper, pop, rap, vibes, you know, like, Mm. again, early 2010s. And he again was another person I had identified with his music and I just found it, you know, he was on YouTube, all his videos were going viral. He was actually doing like covers of Drake songs, like early Drake, like 2011 though, you know? And, um, I'd hit him up like, yo bro, I want to do videos for you, man. Cause I was like just trying to find an outlet again, you know what I mean? Like somewhere to put these ideas at. So I was like, Oh, I want to do videos. Like that's my thing, you know? So I just need somebody who makes good music to like make music videos for basically. So, uh, I shot a couple in North Carolina and then I dipped and I was like, mom, I'm moving back to California with my dad. So what'd I do? Shout out, shout out Will Smith. You know, <laughs> literally. So <laughs> you're funny. You weren't
1: told to you, you, you made
2: the yeah. Chance. I had to make, I made the decision. I went back to Carson with my dad. And, um, then I just started hitting up that guy, Kyle, my guy, Kyle better yet. And, um, he moved from Ventura to downtown LA because he signed some tiny little record deal at that time too. So it was just timely, and I was like, "Yo, I just want to do your day to day videos." Hey, I'm in California now, bro. I'm Yo, famous. Literally, literally. Let's was get me. down. I that moved was back because I'm famous. But I had like a little proof of concept. I had my little video. I'm like, "Bro, I did this." He's like, "Whoa, you did that? Like that I thing got I hell of views. Like it's actually a good video. Like for it being shot on a flip video camera, edited on Sony Vegas Pro by a 13 year old and just used it for the first time. All I'm asking for."
1: So that we can post it for for the podcast is like twenty seconds. Just, I'll give you all right. I'll just I'll, give us like I'll give you a little piece. Just give us a little snippet. That's it. I'm not Shetting even. That we're gonna drop it in the. Yeah. Okay, so we'll yeah. drop it in there. We'll drop it in there just yeah, for context, because I mean. you know at this point people are like, what does it look like? Come on, bro.
2: Yeah. Nah, okay. Got y'all. I got. You, I got you. All right. It's gonna be so. I just finessed him. I
1: just finessed him. <laughs> you
2: finessed me, because bro, I literally don't show that to the people closest to me. I'm like, yeah, it's beautiful.
1: Nah. Well, it's time. Just
2: it's imagine. Time. Close your eyes. Imagine
0: was like yeah now you so okay
2: cool so what so uh so i get out here and then i started uh then i linked up with kyle for the first time and i was just a fan of his music on youtube so i meet him like in my mind like this is the first celebrity i've ever met i was Mm. like oh my god super duper kyle so whatever we just started working and he just trusted me i'm literally 14 years old this man is like 18 17 or now he's 18 at the time he's four years older than me and he's got like a 14-year-old kid who's just got a camera. Like, yo, I just want to do this. I'm going to do Day in the Life. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to edit it. Send it back to you. We'll call it whatever I called it. Like, Day in the Life for Kyle or whatever the, Whatever it was. And uh I just kept doing that. And so, uh, and then I started like having ideas for his songs. Like, what if we did this? Like, writing video treatments for him. Not really knowing it's a treatment. I'm just like. Getting my ideas off. Again, this is just my outlet now. I'm like, he's sending me unreleased songs. It's the first friend I ever had that recorded songs that I could hear before they got released. So I was like, whoa, I'm listening to unreleased music right now. Like, You know what I mean? Exclusive. 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 Like, so, like, uh, so, yeah, nah, I was just mad excited about music. What, about and yeah the creative process the creative process and and just ideas through, be you you were addicted to bringing the ideas to you life were, you were deep in worship deep in worship of of, like, this, wow. of this idea god energy what if is the gift that's what i always say like mm. anytime you're like damn what if i boom there it goes there's your gold
1: everything past that and no gap between the what if yeah but actually like what if and then and then boom it's and that's real, a now. lesson for cuz it's so easy to to treat what if like a cliff
2: yeah exactly and just be like what if
1: can be the can can be a cliff can be the top of a building could be like suddenly you can make a storm and that you can what if can be diminished yep and i'm gonna take the stairs or somebody
2: can take it from you if you let them mm. like that what if and then like no you can't or how are you ever gonna if you don't... wait no wait that's my gift bro you don't get to tell me what i do with it mm. like i am the one who said it so so every time I had that what if moment, I would just be like, boom, there it was. And now it's my job to use my earth consciousness to do what I can with what I have. More importantly, I was never limited by the tools or lack thereof. It was always like, what do we got to work with? And let's just do it. Figure it out. You know, so long story longer, me and Kyle continue to work. And um, I was just so close to his process. I just... Always felt a natural intuition about music. Just when I was in the studio with him, I'd be like, I'll just hear melodies and just feel like I knew where I wanted it to resolve. And I'd never been around music in that way. And I would just be like, What if you like this? Like, oh, what if for that part you said this? And he would always be open to my ideas. He'd be like, Oh, that's actually a good idea. Let me try it, you know. So that made me feel empowered. Shout also out to having, Kyle
1: for not diminishing you and being like, stay, literally, stay in your lane. You're the video guy. Shut
2: up. Literally, any of bro. those things that he could because people done. will be such haters. Kyle so threatened. Yo, Kyle has literally always enabled me and lifted me up in the best way from a young age. Like that's really my big brother. I don't have an older brother, but yeah, Kyle was definitely such a big bro figure to me at that time, again, who enabled my creativity and, like, anytime I was like, what if? He was like, shit, that sounds cool. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, where do you want me to stand? I'm like, all right, so just stand right there. Like, the sun is, like, coming right here. The shadow behind you looks good. You know what I mean? Like, from the visuals to the music, whatever. So we had such a good synergy and just my excitement at that time, which I try to maintain that same excitement today about the things I do because we can become jaded but that fire i had in need to sell on some kid who doesn't know what a failure looks or feels like and wouldn't even care if i experienced one cuz i couldn't because i was just on some like oh i'm just trying it like what mm. how can i lose like you know so um just proximity to music with him and uh and i remember he started doing his first shows and he had this dj um who was the homie but at the end of the day i was like i was always looking at him like I could do that way better. Like, literally, like... Uh, like, literally, that was my boy, Nash. Shout out, Nash. But, like, respectfully, I was, like, always just, like... And I would also just you know like, I became look te- better right there. You know how I became a television host? Oh.
1: I'm pretty sure I could do that better.
2: Yeah, I'm, like, looking at it like... That's that's all it
1: was. i watch TV and be like...
2: I have no proof that I can.
1: I None. There's no proof at all. It just...
2: Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> I could, I know I can yeah, do that. You're like, Bro, I know I can do that. What are you I talking? Can do about? that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I, if you can see it, you can be it too. Exactly. So it's like me even being able to see somebody DJ was enough for me to be like, wait, I can be a DJ. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is the importance. You can feel it in it. your body. Yeah, hundred percent. That is the importance of being able to see it to have positive role models to have people that look like you represented in a space. Mm. You know what I mean? be like, mm. whoa, like, okay. So uh, I remember, yeah, just being like, I can do that for sure. And uh, I had just a complete movie, like just classic moment with my first turntables where I remember I was at one of Kyle's friend's house. And mind you at that time, bro, I'm literally 14, 15 years old, 15 probably at this time. This is my first time even being around people that got their own house. <laughs> like I'm like, whoa, these ain't my parents friends. These is grown-ass adults though, you know right. what I mean? But like, and
1: they I think I'm cool enough to be here.
2: Yeah, they think I'm cool enough to be here and they don't treat me like a kid mm. or nothing. Like they're like fully respect me. They're like, yeah, your videos are dope, you know what I mean? Right. So I was like, yeah, I'm 14 dope. being treated at eye level. Yeah, like that was like definitely contributed to me being able to just like take up the role and be like, all right, this is where I belong, you know? Mm. But um I remember my guy, Sam King, I'm name dropping everybody on the journey right now. As you
1: should, because they're going to be like, yo, you didn't, you
2: left me out, bro. Yeah, nah, I remember my guy, Sam King, SK4MC, he was a rapper. He still is a rapper, I'm sure why I say was, but, um, what's it called? But at the time, he was really going hard on it, and there was like a whole group of them called the Buff Nerds. It was like, long story, but Sam King, we're at his house, remember he's cooking, and he had a little back house, and in the back house, it was a studio. And I was like, whoa, there's, like, speakers and a big screen and stuff, you know? And I was just back there toying around. They were in the house probably drinking beers or something like that. And I was like, whoa, you guys got all these gadgets and buttons. I was just fascinated by it. And I remember I literally saw a little DJ mixer, like, a little guitar center, like, probably $150 mixer sitting up on the top shelf, dusty. Like, just literal movie shit. Like, and I'm like, yo, Sam, like, what's that? He's like, oh, grabs it off like <laughs> blows the dust off of it type of thing.
1: he's so like motion of the dust coming off yeah like, in your eyes
2: yeah, and I'm like wow like spin the disc for the first time like this is vibe he's like yeah you just plug it into the computer look there's a bunch of songs on here mess with it and he goes back in the house and he continues to cook now I'm just in the back by myself you know like with the with the with the turntables and just like seeing how it connects to the screen I'm like oh okay picking songs and i'm playing them and i'm like oh okay i get how this goes these sound good together and i was just messing around with it for like an hour and a half and they're just chopping it up cooking and stuff and i'm just in the back solo and then by the end of it whatever we ate and stuff and then uh i was like when can i come use it again he was like take it home you can have it And i was like no way you're gonna give me this <laughs> like he's like hey take it i'm like No way. Like, I'm in disbelief. I mean, I didn't know how expensive it was or anything. But, like, I was just, like, appalled that somebody would give me. Yeah, you were almost offended. You know what I mean? Like, you know.
1: I'm offended that you're going to do this for me.
2: Yeah, like, I was, like, so appalled. But he gave it to me. And then I took it home and literally um, plugged it into the desktop I had at home. And uh, I started DJing off the desktop. And, 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 I, and I would just plug it into the back of the Mac desktop that my mom had financed for me. because I promised to pay her $200 a month from the videos. Cause she was like, all right, finances from Best Buy. It's, it's going to be 200 a month for the next, however many months, 18 months or something like that. And I was like, I can do that mom. I can make 200 a month. And I wasn't making 200 a month, but she still held it down. And I was like, I'm going to get it back to you mom. I promise. Which I definitely have by now many times over. But, uh, What's it called? Um, But, yeah, so I I plugged it into that, and I would just be in my room in Carson. My mom moved back from North Carolina, mind you. After I moved back, my mom followed me back a year after and was, like, left that behind. And then my stepdad ended up coming back out here, too, and stuff. But So um, now I'm back in Carson. I'm 15, 16, and I'm playing around with the turntables, and I'm just getting nice with them, downloading all the songs. I started uploading mixes on SoundCloud, and they were just getting plays, and people had already started to see my association with Kyle. Mm-hmm. So I was starting to get some rollover fans from him that were like fans of my creativity and my vision and stuff. Right. And then, um, and then, so yeah, like people were listening to my mixes and then just hit a point where I was like, yo, Kyle. Like, you know, actually I think my guy Nolan, his manager was like, Brick should be your DJ. I'm right here, bro. And I'm like,
1: Hey Kyle, I'm right. I'm literally like, I'm right here. No offense to that guy. But I'm right here.
2: I'm right here. And he was like, it was like no hesitation. And he was like, yeah, bet. And it was just go time. I was like 16, about to turn 17. And I started to DJ for him. And then shit, 17 years old, I go on my first full tour, 42 cities. I'm like, mom, I'm going on tour. She said, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm going on tour. It's 42 cities. Here's the flyer. And she's like, what? Yeah, like, I'm. St- this movie is going to be amazing. You know what I mean? Like, She's like, "What?" And my mom is so free spirited though, but she was just like, I was like, what do you mean?" I'm like, I'm going on tour. So Kyle was opening for this guy named Watsky, and I was gonna be his DJ on the tour. And then I also was like, sort of opening because I would get a 15 minute set before Kyle came out every time, and I was tearing it up. Like I put my everything into that set. That I was 15 like, no, minutes was. I'm about to <sighs> get out here and destroy. I'm literally about to get out here and destroy. It's like I what took was it that so energy, seriously. like, I have videos of that energy. I would love to put it on the the thing. I would love to show you on my phone too later. But we like, throwing
1: that up. We throwing that up for the people. As well.
2: like, I'll show you 17 year old Brick turning a crowd up with all of his might. Because I was like, nah, like people are gonna jump. And I feel like that was a people study for music for me. Because DJing was really my intro to like, okay, this is a thing I do and I can do. And so every night I'm playing different songs. I'm feeling like okay, this song really bangs in my headphones, but every time I play it live, people don't really go up. There's just something there that the energy doesn't transfer. The disconnect. And, and then there's some things where it's like, I would never just play this on my own time, but in the live setting, people go crazy. I'm understanding the, the the tempos and the pace and just like, you know, okay, the girl who's alone isn't fucking with that. The girl that's with her boyfriend is turning up because her boyfriend's turning up. The dude who came with his girl is sitting there with his arms crossed and his girl is turning up. You just start to literally pay attention to people. All right, none of the black people are turning up to this. They ain't like this. The White kids are going crazy. And I'm like literally adding to the equation every night on a 42 City Tour of like, okay, learning how people react to things. Like I said, it was like a people study. And I feel like that was the foundation of my music was me being able to try different things every night and hear how other people's stuff works. And then being able to take that into creating. I wasn't even thinking about producing at that time. Right. So I wasn't even like on some create music. I was just on create better DJ sets. Mm. So that was like two years, three years in a DJ. 19 is when I started producing. And and that was when I was like, okay, I've played everybody's songs. Like I want to play my own music in front of people at some point. So I started to produce and I was like, yo, um, like, I'm about to just start producing. Who can help me? And I had tried a couple times before. This are names I'm not going to name, but there were some people who I was like earlier in my career, like in my DJing, like early in my DJing, I already kind of wanted to produce. but I just literally didn't know where to start. It looked like rocket science to me. Mm. I was around dudes who were producing.
1: The idea that it looked like rocket science to you, a guy who figured out how to edit music videos on his phone when yeah. it didn't exist. Yeah. And then- DJed off the back of the, of the family home computer. Yeah. And then and then went to music school, literally went to a grad program yeah. touring the world. Yeah. And figured out the algorithm of how music works at a personal level, yeah, and the way it interacts in group settings and subgroups etc. and then the idea suddenly you come up where you you find yourself standing on an idea cliff.
2: Yeah, I was on you're the like, cliff.
1: "Oh wait, this one, this idea is Cause it, it seems impossible.
2: It just looked like so many moving pieces. Like, I remember just seeing all the programs of the screens they would pull up. I'd be like, bro, that's a lot. Like, it's all these VSTs and plugins. And I'm like, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah. So And I had also asked said person who I will not name, yo, can you show me how to use this? Look it up on YouTube. I was like, damn, bro. Like, you can't like help your like 17 year old homie who's trying to like learn from you. He's a grown man. I'm like, all right. So I didn't end up producing for like a couple years after that. I remember, remember, that? I remember feeling very dejected by that. I was like, okay, but I genuinely didn't know where else to start or how to start. So it was only a couple years down the road where I was like, you know what? I'm going to get Ableton. And I'm going to start doing this. And then I had a friend who I met. His name is Naz key player in this whole story who just met him one random day at some random little kickback at an apartment. And, uh, It was another one of those dust off the CDJs moments where, like, he was like, oh, yeah, I produce. I was like, no way. You produce? I've been wanting to produce. He was like, dude, I'll show you. Like, it's easy. Like, I've been doing this for years. I'm like, say word. I'm like, pull up to Culver City. And he pulls up to where I was living. I moved out when I was 17, too. I moved to Culver City from Carson. And um, he came over, and I just remember uh, he literally showed me everything. Like, that fool, Naz... Josh, my boy AO, it's the same guy. He has multiple names, mm. but uh, yeah. I'm just
1: gonna call him not a hater. Not a hater. Don't be a hater. Never yeah. be a hater. Not a hater. Naz, Literally, Josh, clearly not a hater.
2: Never be a hater. This person
1: bro. who who you will remain unnamed was clearly a hater. A hater it was like, oh.
2: and respectfully, look where that got them. Josh, bro, Nas, like sharing the light. Does not dim your own at all. No. Say it louder. Sharing the light will not dim your very own. Share it with somebody. You have it. Share yeah. it. And uh yeah, NAS You only get more. You only get more. Share your light, you get more. Exactly. Light attracts light. If you give somebody else some light, you're gonna attract more light. People like to hoard
1: their gifts these days. Yep. Literally. God forbid. You start to excel, and now you're gonna diminish me. So I gotta, I gotta hold on. I can't put you on game. I can't
2: share. Yeah, cause you might, you might take away from me. Yeah, literally. So Naz was like the dude to be like, okay, here's Ableton. Look, I got all these little codes for the plugins. Boom, download all of these. Here's all of my drum, every single drum on my computer. You go. On. I will never make the same beat as him. To this day, we will never make the same beat. And he gave me all of every sound he had accumulated over the last four or five like years. Like somebody letting somebody into your kitchen and it's be like, like, here's my spice rack
1: and here's the food, and worrying that they're going to make the same shit as you.
2: It's not going to happen, not, bro. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. But so. giving
1: that person access is going to help them find their own flavor, their own voice and yeah. flavor.
2: No, that's fact. So uh, yeah, he gave me every tool and every cheat code in the book, literally. and was like, this is how you do it. And then from that, I was like, boom. Now I have a new vessel to get Mm. these ideas, these crew, these, I use my creativity and be myself through yet another vessel. And I mean, bro, I went manic on producing. Like at that time there was nothing that could stop me. I wasn't thinking about success. I didn't even know about royalties. I didn't know about anything. I literally was like, so in love with the idea. I was like, this is what I'm trying to do. Like, so I was just, I mean, literally six to six hours a day easily just making beats all day like sun up to sundown like is the most fascinating thing I ever found in my life and um fast forward a year and a half two years so that's the other thing while he came from the same area as me South Bay Nas I introduced him to Kyle and then Kyle I was like yo Kyle I met this dude he's really sick I know you need an engineer he can engineer you he knows how to engineer vocals and this and that so he just starts to engineer for Kyle regularly. And he was going to school at that time for music production. And he was like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity. So he gave me all the sauce. And I gave him the connect to my boy Kyle at that time. And it was uh, quite a moment because fast forward another year and a half or 2 I'm 20 years old, and uh, we got the number two song. Not the number one, but the number two song in the world. And I co-produced it. And Naz, he did the majority of the production on it. What so song? through through working, it's called I Spy. It was a good little fun moment. It was a complete accident. One of those just happy accidents. And uh, I or mean- not. It was not on purpose, but it happened. Yeah. And Naz, he's the main producer on that song. but um, But like, it was just amazing because him and Kyle's chemistry was so good. And aside from engineering him, he's like, yo, I got these beats. Like yo, these beats are amazing, and so he just started. We all were just working together, and just that was at the time where Lil Yachty was first kind of popping off and stuff. And then, boom! Here I am. Like I said, a year and a half into producing, and I got credits on a song that went six times platinum.
1: And that was like huge.
2: Like I said, I hate saying I hate saying my like. Listen, this is what I did. Smell your goddamn flowers you yeah. can't
1: you come on this you come on you come into this on this podcast you will smell your flowers
2: that's facts and you need to do so because listen this it's a thing that happened it's a thing that happened it's a thing that it feels happens. distant i just don't feel attached to like accomplishments if I'm you walked in
1: if you walked in here and you led when we said like hey tell the people who you are and you're like i'm six time platinum beat dropping producing blah. blah, 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 blah here's all my my, here's all my credits to justify my existence that's a different story but within the framework of your story this it's is a, a thing that happened it's a key te- key detail yeah. and you are allowed to smell your flowers sir.
2: that's real that's real that's honest i need to hear that sometimes i'm
1: here i'm here to tell you i like
2: to as a person
1: who was deeply 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 reluctant to do so for himself for yeah. a very very long time yeah and you don't want that to be for too long because then you got to pay a therapist to help you get it out (laughs) let me kill you start start, be okay with it now Yeah, and you trust me
2: that's factual like uh, I just um, I'm just so like you know they'd be like you're just you're, you're only as good as your last greatest whatever thing like that's like so many last greatest things ago for me that I'm like why mention it but at the same time when it happened Yes, it was explosive. My mom's like, "Wait, what do you mean you're platinum?" I'm like, "Mom, look, we put the song up yesterday, and it has 14 million plays right now. We don't know how. No song has ever even gotten a million in a day. Like, I mean, it wasn't a day. I think it was like 14 million in like a week or something like that. And we were like, "Wait, how is the song getting so many numbers?" And in a month, it was like, "What's wrong
1: with these people? 50 million? Why
2: aren't why are they bored? We're like, why, what, why is this so getting hard? played so many oh, it's times? Fire. It was the early thing that Spotify, we did. It's fire. Right? Yeah, exactly." So, I mean, then boom, next thing you know, it's like global. It's one time platinum, two, three times. Now we're on, we're still on tour. I'm on my third tour by this time, but now this just dramatically changed things. It's like we have the whole summer run where we're at Summer Jam Kentucky, Summer Jam Wisconsin, Summer Jam Atlanta, Summer Jam Florida. Like we're on the Summer Jam tour and stuff like, you know, just doing these pop up shows, doing literally like a show every day, sometimes two in a day flying to two different cities in the same day. I'm just lost in the, the the flurry of it. Like I said, I'm 20 years old. I think I was 20. I don't know. I might have been 19. I got to do the math. But um, this is amazing. But yeah, it was just like so much happened so fast. It was like just one thing led to another. So now I'm a producer. And I'm like, well, I just like completely surpassed anybody that was like I was looking up to on some producer stuff. Like at that age and time, like. And arguably still to this day, nobody has a six-time platinum song. Like, that was just wild. But, like, I was jaded to it even in the moment. Like, because we were so in it. We were excited, bro. We were crying tears of joy, like, mm. together when that thing was, like, charting. It was the first song. And uh rest in peace, take off. And shout out to the Migos. But it was actually the first song to take Bad and Bougie from the number one rap song spot. And I spy past it. After Bad and Bougie was there for, like however long like three months weeks. or something like yeah. that i remember it was the that was the first one we had the number one rap song in the world for a week i, I believe wow. it was one week and then it went back down but still it was like when we looked at the billboard chart it was like bro like it was like i remember how just I appalled we were i couldn't I'm even sure.
1: begin to comprehend what that feeling <laughs> would feel like at 20 years old it's like and and also given given the story yeah of of your your curiosity and your, your your showing up to your to your higher power to yeah. your to your idea what if yeah. voice yeah repetitively
2: yeah and then to be like oh wow this is like this is the first time i actually like tasted my first bite of the fruit i was like wow this is incredible i mean maybe not my first bite of the fruit because one thing i will say sweet don't get no sweeter mm. that's a that's... i would say your first bite of the fruit from what you just told told us in this conversation
1: was that production on your porch yeah that was the neighborhood came when the neighborhood came exactly see the haunted house set up you caught the
2: feeling of what was possible to communicate and that to me that's your first taste of the food and that's exactly what i mean when i say sweet don't get no sweeter and i tell my little brother that all the time and i personally live by that it's like that sensation of sweetness Mm. will never be sweeter yeah. Literally sweet will just always be sweet. Like that joy in the fire and the light uh and the fireworks that just went off in your brain that first time as a kid, where you just had like a chocolate lava cake with ice cream and it was like hot and cold at the same time, and you're like, whoa. Like that feeling is the same feeling as that first haunted house. It's the same feeling as that, you know, first time. DJing it's the same feeling as That first time being like I'm going on tour It's the same exact Fireworks as that first time At number one The feeling that sweet Like wow this is fucking sweet It won't get any sweeter Just when you experience sweet just savor it Like mm-hmm. that's literally What it's about is like This is as good as it will get
0: Yeah
2: Just again and then like tomorrow That's as good as it's gonna get and then tomorrow, that's as good as it's gonna get. You can't really go higher. You can just savor the experience again. Experience of life every day, like wow, this and is amazing.
1: You, if and when when you approach it like that, that sweetness if if that's your mindset and the spirit that you walk with, that's
2: be that sweetness will always taste like the first time. Exactly. And that's what sweet don't get no sweeter bro so every time something sweet happens i'm like oh uh, how brand good new it it, it, it's, remarkably it's the first time again i'm a remarkably
1: kid. brand new yeah i'm gonna fast forward a little bit because and we'll come back in overlap yeah because the manner in which we met yeah has nothing to do with any of your story yeah in insofar as like i would not have known yeah or had any point of reference into what you were doing and how our intersection point
2: came together yeah i it's honestly the next part of the story yeah that's the next part of the story that, that's where we go next okay so do you, we might as well just finish the timeline right now because we're we're right there okay and then once we get to and then I met Salema. Jesus Yo. Christ, this is a real helicopter. Straight up. Like that's like the military grade that's joint. Real that's that's a there's a yeah. There's, there's something helicopter helicopters, plural. That was a big it's helicopter, a guys. We felt it. That shook the
1: whole yeah. that sounded like more than one.
2: Yeah, nice. Nah, Hopefully he's, everything's he's all right on. in the world. We're good. Okay. But um But yeah, so going from that high of like, wow, this was amazing and writing. I mean, and obviously that rode out for a few years, just like then I was in the flurry of just producing and like making all these things for all these people. Yo, send beats for this person, send beats for that person. And now I'm not doing it for myself how I was in the very beginning. And it was still exciting though, because I was like, Oh wait, I'm and gonna- it changes when it's all when it's like, yo, such and such. Yeah. Yo, such and such.
1: They, they want, they want, bro, they want beats from you.
2: Yeah. And you're like, whoa, now you're, like, thinking of it. Ah! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> you're thinking of it through the lens of somebody else. You're thinking of yourself through the lens of somebody else. You're associating your worth with what somebody else might think of you. And I think that that's, like, super, uh, really critical and unhealthy part of that creativity and that what if, where it became, like, less about what if I and, like, what if they? What if they approve of you? You know what I mean. What if right. they? Appro- you know what I mean. So I think that, uh, and while I continue to produce and I sh- still do, like for sure. But like I still went hard for like some some years following that. I would say up until I started to surf. That's where. Well, the you, plot when thickens. I met, I stopped DJ. I stopped touring with Kyle in twenty uh, 20- and some other
1: big names in the roster. Yeah. During that time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Did some stuff with. Kaylani, one of my favorites. I have some of my favorite songs with her, and just I'm friends with her because of you. Yeah, yeah. She surfs, man. She's, She's been surfing. It. Hey, Kaylani. Shout out Kaylani. She's on the waves now. Young tsunami. Um, Love it. But yeah, a plethora of people that I've worked with. That uh, what am I going to name drop for? I'm not going to. But you could just type it in Google. But um, and uh, mad modest. <laughs> Yeah, so all anyways, your favorites.
1: He's made beats for him, basically
2: all your favorites, but um, so I got tired of being in that loop of doing things for other people, and that mixed with the concoction of like I'm tired of serving other people, and then you pour the pandemic in there too. 2020 pandemic is like a slur now, too, huh? You
1: know? I don't think so. I it, listen, <laughs> people can call it a slur all they want, to me, it's the Pandemic a is, is an is intersection. Yeah, it was. And you can try as as hard as you want to to uh, erase it. Or discredit or, it. Discredit it and pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. But it was... You cannot even believe that the sickness part... You can believe in all the conspiracies, et cetera, et cetera. But what it was, was an ideological intersection, an yeah. energetic intersection. Yeah. A spiritual intersection yeah. in who people decided that they wanted to be yeah who do you want to be because in that moment when the world stopped mm-hmm. suddenly many of us found ourselves with the opportunity to be like whose treadmill is this
2: yeah that's real
1: oh wait i don't even have to be on this yeah Boop. that's factual yeah. And in many cases, for for many people, somebody turned that shit off for, for you, them.
2: yeah, because yeah, no, your
1: I've... that your system no longer existed exactly, and you had to come to a halt and be like, oh, I just got to be with me, like yeah. the the this and the that, none of that shit exists or matters anymore, yeah, and so now you you are faced, and it sounds like I, I was in the same place, you are faced in 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 a, in, a, in a position where everywhere you look is a mirror. Yeah. And it's a different angle of yourself. And you there's there's no function that you could go to to run away from it mm-hmm. or any of it.
2: Yeah. Nah, no, dude, that and that's definitely where I was at cuz I was like so on the treadmill of trying to produce for others and oh, yo, I got an idea for you, how I've always been. Mm. But then the energy just wasn't as reciprocal as it was or maybe I wasn't looking in the right places. And, like, here I am trying to help everybody. And, like, I got a vision for you. And, like, what if you were on this? Like, I hear you doing something like this. People don't necessarily see you. They can't see your vision. Only you can see your vision. That's why it's your vision. Mm. So I just got really exhausted trying to convince people of my vision. And, like, oh, this is my music or whatever. And, um, like I said, pour the pandemic in there. And then I was just, like, back at square one. Like, hmm. Like, what do I like? I was back outside, like, on my bike again, like just throwing 180s and rolling out of them and doing foot jam tail whips and, like, bored pandemic vibes. And then I was like, hmm, let me try tennis. And I was like, all right, go get some tennis rackets. And I was like, did that a couple times with my girl at the time. And was like, it's cool. You know, and I'm just like, mm, let me try, like, running. I think, like, running is cool. <laughs> so I'm, like, just running around my neighborhood. I'm like, mm, I'm not really a huge runner. It's kind of boring. And um, and then. Did you bake some bread? Bro. <laughs> You're funny. Didn't make any pandemic bread or anything like that. I wasn't on. Remember YouTube.
1: when everybody was a,
2: like, look, a bread I maker? made a banana bread. Look at these <laughs> rotten bananas. Nah. Um, so then I was at the beach one day and this was like uh maybe July and there was a of 2020. 2020? Yeah. And uh I was at the beach. You know, things kind of like cooled off, like they lifted some of the restrictions. Like, okay, you can go outside, but just like not too outside. Yeah. <laughs> outside you know. light. Yeah, outside light. Exactly. And I remember this lady Don't was- Don't be on top of each other. Legit. And this lady was selling boogie boards, and I bought one from her, you know, Latino lady was selling boogie boards. I was like, hell yeah. And- uh, In the parking lot? No, I was on the beach. She on the beach. Walking down the beach with the- With a boogie board. With a stack of, you know, like the little- Yeah. Cheap boogie the boards. Cheap boogie boards. That so was hustle. I, yeah, I'm at Dockweiler, that Tower 49. And I literally was out. and I just started playing in the water, in the waves. And I was like, yeah, I feel really uh, like I want to stand up on this thing, but I can't. I was like, I should try surfing. And then I went on Instagram, like, who got a surfboard I could borrow? And I'm a homegirl, Nikita, because we name dropping everybody. I had a strong support system of friends who mm-hmm. were supporting and able Hey, ideas. shout out the, the tribe, bro. Yeah. Nikita was like, oh yeah, you can use mine. And it was like a six foot, you know, just like poly board and definitely way too small for me to learn on. It's a thruster, kind of a little yellowish. May I ask you a question? What's up? What was, what did you
1: experience when you were out there with the discount body board? Yeah. Like frequency fi- wise, vibrationally, that made you be like, okay, I, I need to. Cause you just mentioned a bunch of other stuff that you were like, meh, meh, meh. But something came up in you that was like
2: It was just the energy, bro. Like just the force of the water just getting pushed to the sand like <laughs> was just like, all right, that was fun. What if I surfed? That was like my what if moment. I was like, what if I surfed? And literally was like, Yeah, let me get a surfboard. I wanna stand on it and try to ride the wave. That would be that would be cool. You know? I have nobody introing me into it. There was no like film I saw or ad I saw or book I read or it's just literally like raw experience. Like I I basically invented surfing. In my head, like that's what happened. Like that was like I had my light bulb, what if moment that somebody sometime way back in uh you know the Ivory Coast had way long ago. Like, what if we called this something? <laughs> mm. Mm. So yeah, I uh I got my board from Nikita. And I just started going out on it. Like I said, a little 6-0 thruster pulling up to Manhattan Beach, just trying to surf. I'm literally driving on the way to the beach from Hollywood on YouTube, how to surf. Like, how to paddle. (laughs) Like, I swear to God. I'm in the parking lot, like, reviewing the video. Okay, boom. Cool. Go out there with this little 6-0, like, getting just smoked. Like, I remember thinking surfing was hard because how hard I was getting smoked in the beginning. I was like, oh, yeah, this is tough stuff. It's funny because it just feels so like easy and normal now. Yeah. It's as hard as it, in the beginning. It was, it was,
1: surfing was telling you the truth. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard. And you were getting smoked as a result of it being hard.
2: <laughs> and then I got better. And
1: then you got better. <laughs> require, the thing about it is the only way that you can get good at surfing is to keep surfing. Yeah. You don't get to show up and be like, okay, I'm better now. Hey, guess what? I happen to be randomly good at this thing that I just tried. There's none of that. Yeah. That does not happen. You have to I don't care who
2: you are. You're not. Nah.
1: You got to build relationship with you the ocean. She, you you she has to welcome you. You have to honor and respect her and what the power is before yeah. anybody's catching any wave or doing yeah. anything.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You know. got to
1: be interested in repetitive yep. humility and your life being on the line. Yep. Regularly in pursuit of joy and a a, a higher power. Yep. In 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 pursuit of that. Sweet. That sweetness. Yeah, right. Exactly. That, that that sweet. And
2: that was what it was. It was like I felt that sweetness on that bodyboard that day. And then it was just like every day. I, like I said, that was my way to be like, ooh, sweet. Every single day. You mm-hmm. know? And that was what has been so just like amazing about surfing. The, the first time, every time. Every time is the first time. Every time you are better, every time it is sweet. Maybe not sweeter. But it's sweet, like, every time, you know what I mean? So uh, I think uh, from there, I was like, cool. And when I started to do it, um, I was also very aware. I was like, there's no black people out here. Like, that's just a thought. I don't know. There's probably a a gang of white people watching, listening right now. What's up, y'all? Or just other people in general. But, like, as a black person, a feeling that we experience is where are the people like me at that? Like in almost any place you walk into, you just feel this natural urge to want to find the people like you to commune with. And I think that that's a natural human feeling. If you're a guy with a big ass Mohawk and you walk into a place and another dude got a big ass Mohawk, y'all are yeah, like, yeah,
0: We both like, yeah. You know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Hey. That's the
1: experience. So First time that you see someone that looks like you as a black person. It's that excitement. It's that. I, I remember when I met this kid named Mirko Mangum. Yeah. It was 1996 in Solana Beach. Yeah. We're surfing a place called Seaside. We're the only two people out. The waves are shitty. And I'm out there trying to catch a wave in. And I look like about 200 yards to my right, another guy out. And I'm like, huh, I wonder why that dude's out here. The waves are shit. And I look closer and I'm like, nah, yeah. I think that dude's a me. That's (laughs) impossible that we are the only. So paddle up a little closer. And then when we lock eyes and we recognize the Melanation is affirmative, we we were like, yo, paddled up to each other like long lost brothers. Who were you? Who were you? Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. To this day, the she homie. We ended up. He ended up getting me a job at Planet Earth Skateboards. We ended up working at a bunch of brands together. I can go on and on and on. But that recognition, those few handful of moments that I had from when I first started, where I got, I didn't, I didn't, ent- I didn't get to see someone who looked like me in the water for yeah. six years. The first time I saw another black person, wow. and I experienced all the different things that you could experience in high school, etc. Of people rep- repetitively questioning, like, "Was I okay? What did that I thought that I could be out there?" Yeah, you know what? Do what do you do? You people don't even. Yeah, but nah. you don't hate.
2: Masses public- lemonade. That's what I call it. But
1: pu- pu- public service announcement in my e- economics class. Yeah, I told a kid that I was excited. I was going to learn to surf. He looked at me with like. Like small tears in his eyes. Like, hey, um, you know, like, you guys don't even swim, man. Like, what do you mean you want to learn how to surf surf? And he's looking at me like, hey, stop!
2: Go, go, go. don't surf. What no, do no, you? not no, 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 don't no, do, no. That don't do that to yourself. Don't do that. That's
1: not for. That's <laughs> what y'all do. You, you do, but he he looked at me like I had just come from space, saying that I wanted to enter this space. Yeah. And I've experienced it countless thousands of times, in, either in a micro or larger way. But the sweetness, yeah. Once you once you get the sweetness,
2: like it's like, bro, you can't tell me I ain't. You kid. can do
1: well. Y'all can say whatever you want. You can call me whatever you want.
2: I'm, I'm gonna here. Be, for I'm that. gonna be
1: here tomorrow. I'm here for that. I'm, a, I'm gonna be here. Yeah. I'm here for the sweetness.
2: Exactly. And- so 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 that being said, in pursuit of that sweetness, um. I was, again, went to Instagram because I have a following on there prior to surfing from all the music and all yeah. the endeavors. And um and I was like, yo, anybody trying to surf? Like, I'm learning how to surf. I mean, I literally have a video. We'll, we'll throw that up right now. I like, all right, go back to the story of the first day. I'm like, to put it in the line because we're going to hold them to it. All Doc these Weiler. things he's saying, he's giving us. We're getting. Come on, Doc Weiler Tower Forty Nine. Like I'm out here about to surf, which is the same place that the Ebony Beach Club beach bounces happened now. But that's ironically the first place that I ever went out at. So, but I remember I was online like yeah, anybody else surf, and then that's when my buddy Gauge, who founded Black Sand, which was the original name of Ebony Beach Club. But um, your
1: you know, hat, by the way, the logo of Ebony Beach, beach Club. Hat, that's the that's hat. the icon now iconic. Iconic hat. Iconic going hat down history. Going down in history. Ebony Beach Club.
2: Yeah. A movement. Did you mention Ebony Beach Club once? No,
1: but we're here now. We're That's awesome. I love that. I'll talk about it in the intro with the setup of this conversation, yeah. but Ebony Beach Club is a, is is now a I'm gonna say it's it be, it's be becoming a a global movement. It is a it has affected the world. Yeah,
2: a hundred percent. The global from start-up. you started surfing Two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. A lot has happened. So, that's what we're getting into now. Find my buddy Gage. Boom. Oh, there's another black person that surfs. This is crazy. We're the only two black people who surf, bro. <laughs> we should start something. <laughs> like We should call this a thing. These are the actual... was the actual thought process. That's what y'all thought. That was 100% what I believed. Oh, wow. I found the only other black person that surfs. That's awesome. Mm. Like I like said, ignorance is bliss. I didn't come in. I was not grandfathered into surfing. I didn't know anybody who surfed prior to me. I didn't know anything about surf. And as I was telling you before we got on here, I still don't really know anything about surf. Like, Like to me. Surf industry. Surf industry. Competitions and culture. Like, I don't. I still don't know about that. Like, my, my mission with surf is actually, it's different. And I'm okay with that. And I love what I call the uninfluenced approach. The, like. I don't know anything about anything, and that's what makes all these creations so beautiful is because mm. I'm not coming in here like, okay, so that's what he did, and that's what he did, and that's what they did. There is absolutely beauty in having the research and the knowledge, but for some reason, me coming into something I knew nothing about. I was like, low-key, let me keep my eyes closed and just see what I naturally make just off of feeling my way around this place I know nothing about. I don't want to hear, ah, don't tell me, don't, I don't care, I don't care, right, I don't care. Right, let right, me right. see what I, what I do, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, and then black black sand was formed, uh, like I gave it some time. I was like, yeah, let's not like force a name on it, but if something comes, then it does. and then made the name Black Sand. I was like, it feels very perfectly representative. Uh, it's like it comes from a volcanic eruption, you yeah, know? like that's how black sand is made. And you it's can't pretty- find it everywhere. You can't find it everywhere. It's, it's rare. I was like, it's the perfect name. Black Sam. What yeah. do you mean? It's like- Totally representative. Safe, you know what I mean? It was, it was really, it made sense. And we continued with that. And I was just really needed an outlet again to express myself. And I was spending so much time surfing. So that was first things first, was I started surfing back in early September 2020. And, you know, I didn't form Black Sam until- I guess maybe late October, we didn't call it that. Mm. But I was literally surfing every, every single day. day. Me and Gage were pulling up to the water seven days a week, pandemic vibes, pulling up every single day. We were like, nah, we're about to get this out there two, three hours a day. At an entirely the, different vigor to
1: I know the feeling. You know. Ten thousand percent. I did the same
0: thing.
2: Yeah. So like,
1: um all right. The first time the first time it was just like, all right, this that's it. This is my this, this is what it is. This is what it you is, know? and I have to I have to explore these possibilities. And I think that these possibilities might be infinite.
2: Exactly. And that's <laughs> think what it, this might be. infinite. That's exactly what it felt like, you know, and it was like completely independent of what anybody thought we're at the Manhattan pier. There's other people, everything like, I don't care. As a matter of fact, I didn't even realize there was other people for a while. Like I, I feel like I didn't really, I didn't realize there was other people's thoughts. You know what I mean? Mm. I was like, it's so like, if you want to run and you see other runners, you're not really thinking about what does that runner think about me as a runner? Like, you're just like, we're all just on a run because we want to run, you yeah, know? That's, so that's
0: a big, that's I, a big, big thought right
2: there. I wasn't thinking about other like
0: people's thoughts. What other guy Battering. in the
2: water thinks about how I'm in the water or how I look when I paddle or like, Oh, what wave I didn't get, what turn I didn't do or like, Oh, you like, whatever, what board you're riding Like, that didn't cross my mind at all. Like, I wasn't thinking about that even remotely. Like, it was literally about, oh, I want to learn how to surf. This is fun. You know, just like BMX. Like, I'm not thinking about what my neighbor thinks about me trying to throw a 180 or whatever. They're just taking their trash out and go back inside. They care less, you know? Mm. So, uh, so yeah, through that, I was like, okay, but I have since I'm spending so much time here, I have to use my creative gifts again. So, that's why I started, like, taking these photos and making these collages and was doing the videos and stuff, and just like piecing together the story of like not knowing anything, being a complete beginner. This is my something. experience. This is just the raw experience. What like like I'm experiencing
1: this thing, and I can't. Con- it's not containable, so I have to express.
2: Let's it. show it. Me and the homies are doing this, and this is what it looks like when you have no idea what you're doing. That was quite transparently the purpose of it. it wasn't to impress anybody. It wasn't to look like a pro. It wasn't to like look cool. Like it was literally like this is what we're experiencing. So fast forward into no- uh, to February 2021, just a la-di-da-di-da day surfing at the Manhattan Beach Pier. And this is a part of the story a lot of people know and maybe don't know any part of, any part of the story before this moment. A lot of people just, this is where existence begins. Like you
1: know? I said, you know, the, I knew nothing of you other than the story that you're about to tell. Exactly. Existing on social media. And... <laughs> Our mutual homie, Ryan Harris, posting a, a video of being like, hey, this is what happened to these two young brothers at yeah. the pier. And I just remember being like, and also we're, we're coming out of the summer of 2020.
2: Oh, yeah, which was a very hot, charged, hypercharged summer of the wrongs that were done onto black people in this country. And it was surfacing
1: once again. Yeah, it was it was. A, co- a collection of incidents. Yep. Ahmad Arbery. Um, yep. We can go down. Yeah, we the, can name the, all the list. Um, basically, bringing back up a much larger conversation yeah. about the systemic racism that exists at the surface and below the surface yep. of a country, and the only people that are aware of it every day are the people who are exposed. Are, for the most part are the people who experience it yeah. and constantly being told that what is happening to you doesn't really exist you're looking for uh, an excuse or a handout all the different things that yeah. we we've, we've, <laughs> we've experienced right and just being like all right i guess i guess i'm crazy so we'll yeah. put our heads down and figure out how to keep on making it work
2: i actually got called a race hustler
1: hey i got called a racist
2: i just wanted to throw that out there that's got off- i got
1: called a racist yeah that's by nice. a uh, by a, by a surfboard shaper recently Uh, who screamed at me i'm not a racist you're the racist and i was like oh well i didn't call you a racist but you just told on yourself on
2: yourself and now i'm like that meme with the lady with the (laughs) geometry and i'm like (laughs) i love that meme how does that make any (laughs) sense (laughs) yeah
1: but you know you know george floyd etc like that we again that was the other thing about like you not being able to ignore the pandemic yeah was that that people not having an ability to go or be too busy everybody had to pay attention right Yeah, and so now the collective or if we're all going to be here quiet guess what we're going to have a reckoning we're going to have a much longer conversation about what has been going on and what we've been experiencing in this country and whatever the subculture was where shit was hiding it came up to the surface and concurrently in that time the conversation had gotten much larger in surfing where it was like hey this shit is mad exclusionary and purposefully looks to uh to exclude others and there's a reason why yep. all of y'all live here at the coast and in these neighborhoods and you've been you've been brought up to think that people who don't look like you don't do this because it's not Theirs, or they don't live here because they don't want to live here. All the other different reasons that you've told yourself to make yourself make yourself feel feel proud that like it's just your thing, and then when other people who show up who are different do the thing, you're like, yeah, like what 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 what, what, what's happening? So that's what what, those conversations were happening in surfing when this thing happened to you,
2: and unbeknownst to me, you didn't know that. anybody in surf i didn't even know color of the water at this time i didn't meet you had color been, the, nobody yeah, not, I, not, I knew not, no, no other surfer so, other than gauge himself yes yeah, so you and Gage are doing I this thing
1: and and for us what was very interesting was that the pandemic and and that movement allowed for the first time through social media yeah hot pockets mm-hmm. of brick engages yeah people black people and people of color have been surfing in these different in these places to start sharing their experiences and building network and building community yeah and saying hey oh wow like i got the same story etc and started uplifting each other and how are we going to create more access yeah from because from this period forward we are we're we're not going to allow it to be how it's been yeah like you people who think that you know the, the this 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 space is yours or have been, have been fooled into thinking that you have possession and ownership of this, these these spaces, outdoors in, in general, it's a wrap.
2: Yeah.
1: That's what came out of it. And so fast forward to what happens to you. Yeah. <laughs> so the this thing, you you think it's, it, 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 that's what's so crazy to hear you say, like brick and gauge thinking it's just brick and gauge. Yeah. And meanwhile, this is what's taking place. And then I see on social media, these two kids at the pier get accosted and get called the N-word. And it goes around. It's literally like wildfire, like wildfire, like what? Right. I I call Ryan. I'm like, what? Et cetera. And it's just like, all right, activate. We're yeah. going, we we need to find these kids. We need to get their back, etc. I had no idea who you were, yep. but I knew that we had to stand up for
2: you. See, and that's amazing, bro, because I remember you showing up and me actually not putting two and two together of who you were, because I did know who you were, but in the time of meeting you. I didn't realize that you were that guy who I knew because I grew up in Carson. Right. And what used to be in Carson?
0: The X Games.
2: <laughs> I lived in that neighborhood directly across the street oh from Cal State Dominguez, bro. God. Like me and my dad used to walk to the X Games. My dad would take us to the X Games. And I remember you so clearly as a I'm a child, bro. <laughs> Isn't that crazy as hell? Like <laughs> so, like, it's just so wild to me because, like I said, I think. I remember it maybe took me a couple days to realize, or maybe it was the next day or something, but I just remember not realizing you were you at that time. Like I was like, oh, this guy's like an epic black, you know, sports spokesman. But then like it just took some like I maybe Gage mentioned like the X games, and then like we looked up an old picture, and I was like, wait, this is that dude? Holy shit that's crazy like I just literally look at you like wow this is this is the cool black dude with the dreads on the X Games <laughs> like the only black dude in the X Games aside from you know like I I was a real big fan of BMX yeah never the handful was an of idol and, yeah uh but yeah like uh
1: yeah no we 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 organized and we we're like all right what's happening where is it happening yeah we're going to go to Manhattan beach and Manhattan beach is going to know that like just these kids are not alone yeah and also as you probably heard, it had only been like maybe three or four weeks before that two black women had been surfing oh, yeah. at El Porto yep. and the same thing had happened. Exactly. And they got called um, the N word and yeah. got chased out of the water. So yeah. tensions were already high. Yeah. And so when that happened and then that happened to y'all, it was just like, yep. it's a wrap. Voltron, form. And people came out to support and, and, and have a moment and have a rally. And I met you for the first time rallying for what I saw happen to you on the beach yeah. and just being Everybody like, I got to go. Everybody came to lend, lend yeah, their, their, like, their okay, voices for you.
2: We're, organi- we're organizing the peace paddle. Like, I didn't know. Again, this is just like, it was like, okay, this was this is just what happened and what are we going to do about it? It didn't take... I mean, like I said, I've been I've been DJing and doing parties like I'm no stranger to to organizing to some degree, you know. But at that point in time, I had never touched a megaphone in my life. So like being on the beach, like. Hey, everybody, um, thanks for coming out, like was like, we'll throw in some footage, from you know, that day. it's a whole different experience for me. And it felt like a lot of pressure. And I was like, I didn't ask. To be here, like I didn't ask to like, Man, and that's knowing,
1: knowing that context and what it must have been like for you to see, like, because there was like, yeah, four or five hundred people that showed. There was like a that. lot of people, and I remember, I remember your energy and you all being like, and that's the thing. The thing, the reason why I came down, I saw your videos, I saw you talking about it, and it was the depth of your humility, and I could see like your confusion at what at what happened and trying to make sense of it but that you had caught the feeling and i saw when i saw you i was like i know that kid i was that kid like i i just was like there's something about this dude's energy that i can feel it's fam- it's familiar it's real and that's why you know now fast forward like <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> We're homies, and, and we've yeah. become, like, you're my friend. Yeah. You know, like, we...
2: No, you're me, and I'm you. Yeah, it's, it's... it's We are one. We're, like, we are a shared experience from, like, literally just from different angles, looking like at the same exact thing.
1: And I think that you've... What I love about what you've brought to the landscape, and as a reminder, even for me, I've been in the surfing industry, I've fought my way into a thing that didn't want me, mm-hmm. that told me that I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. And got to become a a leading voice, a communicator of what it is to the world, but did so for the most part until the last few years, feeling very much alone, mm-hmm. um, and also at times having to be silent, yeah, and adjust, and feeling like uncomfortable, but not having not having the ability to speak as loudly as I needed to in certain moments because it just was like.
2: Who am I talking to?
1: You know, I didn't really start to be able to get vocal about these things until 2013. Yeah. The first time in the inertia. Finally, someone asked me the question. I was like, Well, actually, and it went viral. And people were like, I can't believe that after the way we've treated you, we've welcomed you and you've and and, and this is how you treat us by talking about these things or inventing these things. And it's Ooh, like
2: the gaslighting.
1: Oh, bro, I've been gaslit in this, this, these last few years by people I thought I knew in in surfing for 30 years.
2: It's such a disconnect, bro. It's just such a lack of understanding and a lack of empathy that creates an environment where somebody is gaslighting. And honestly, I almost can't blame them because I don't know if they even are aware that they are doing that. Yeah. And it's all- it like a literal, pure ignorance and- to invalidate somebody's experience
1: but that invalidation creates a safety for them, exactly. Because if they validate what you're telling them, you're experiencing now, they're gonna have to reassess their whole shit, yep. and that's terrifying. So a, a a part of them might even believe that there's some validity to what you're saying, and that's why
2: they gotta put the walls up.
1: Hey, listen, I I, I gotta put this this down here because yeah. you might break my break my windows with what yeah. you're saying. So. Sorry, but not sorry, yeah. and I'm out. But what you, what I saw, and when I've, what I love about the movement that you that has you created is obviously it went, it went viral. I'm sure you had no intention for that day to be what it's what it what it's I had been. no idea, bro. But that's funny
2: because there's people who literally like are like these guys planned this. Yeah, <laughs> bro, they were like, that's the gaslighting again.
1: <laughs> let's go out to the beach and say that people called us, uh, uh called us niggers, and then we'll just like we'll create a, a whole movement off of that because what, what better way to jump off a movement than to like be bleeding from the fucking back. Like that's what you wake up today and you want to do as a black person. No. You know, I always tell people all the time, like black and brown people, marginalized people in general, no one wakes up and be like, ah, today is a great day to talk about, uh, and to, 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 to create some sort of shit where I can showcase how less than, the world makes me feel that's not the, we're all here for a short time
2: doesn't feel good either it doesn't
1: feel good to even be in the energy of discussing it yeah so like the idea that that would be the case but what i love that you that you did with it was you were like i'm going to create access i'm cool. going to figure out how to create access how to because people were like, yo, this thing, it, it went way past surfing. Yeah. Right? It was on the news, et cetera. Yeah. You know, next thing you know, it's being discussed on Complex and, yeah. and High Snob and all these other yeah. outlets are talking about, you know, this these these two kids, this this dude, this this music producer who came into surfing who had this experience. And now people are like, yo, we want we coming out. Yeah. And
2: that was so cool. It, it was it was crazy. Yeah. Um and what was crazier or not. what was also crazy was like at no point in any of this have I known what I'm doing. You know? It's like everything is just like, hmm. Like we're just feeling our way through the darkness on this. And then with knowing that there's other people there now too, it feels way better to it's feel way through it's the not darkness. Brick and gauge. It's you not know, it's not brick and just breaking gauge, g- it's like, wow, there's other people here, you know, we're all looking for you know, something. We found each other first and foremost, so now we get to continue to fill out this space and um, I wrote into a song that's not out that Trauma Sells is flying off the shelves, and I think it's really interesting how people took that traumatic experience and it was like trauma! Look at these guys and all this trauma. So what was it like being called Nigger at the Pier? You know what I mean? Like, it was such a moment and then I want to name drop brands cause I really don't care, but I'm going to give grace and not name drop them. But so-and-so who want to write a story for their Instagram and for their online blog. And so-and-so who wanted to write a story for their blog and do actual nothing, just use the story and run it and post it on every single page that they have for their brand and mm. not actually empathize or care about the human beings behind the experience, nor follow up nor do anything to contribute. Just run the story move on with life and all these people who care about surf and are so core surf and there's been a lot of just uh yeah like i said like it was just, like i felt very uh it just became very Hey like,
1: uh do you how would you could i capitalize on your
2: exactly uh, on your trauma you for know, a second and it was just a shiny object like trauma is like a shiny object mm. for anybody that wants uh, attention you know what i mean and unfortunately the traumatized person is the person who has to deal with it that's why we got these like Documentaries about uh, mass murderers and stuff. And it's like so interesting to watch somebody who killed people and watch their story. Mm. But there's actual families behind those stories who are victims, you know, of said trauma who have to now relive it. And I'm sure it doesn't feel good. There's not a point or an amount of money or amount of anything that you can give those people to be like, you know what, actually, whatever. Family I'm sure that I imagine that there's no moment
1: that you look back to that day. With you engage at the north side of the Manhattan Beach Pier, and think like, man, how lucky are we that that happened? If you had a choice between that day happening and not happening, I would
2: have chosen for it to not happen, but it did happen. And what was beautiful was like, I've, there's this quote that my friend says that I know came from somebody that's not him, but I don't know who it came from. Adversity introduces a man to himself or a woman to herself. Um, or they them to themselves a person to themselves Mm. perhaps that's how it goes Mm. adversity introduces a person to themselves and um see how easy that is see See how easy that is is? just respect people see how easy how hard see how easy that is there we go but that but that quote is just like yeah dude like those those traumatic moments that's where you actually are doing your most growing that's where you actually find out who you are when you're caught on the inside of an eight wave set and you still want to surf and you're like, do I just go back to the beach and wait it out or keep paddling and get out to the outside? I'm like, nah, I'm about to get out. Like I refuse to allow this to defeat me. I am going to come out on top of this thing, you know? So all that trauma, I say all that to say all that trauma and all the trauma baiting that happened throughout the course of 2021. I was like, bro, I literally, hate that people just keep talking about that i'm actually cool never talking about it again i'm even talking about it with you right now because it's obviously a part of the story that the long story we're talking about yeah and um yeah it's and you're my actual friend and you actually care about me and you're actually checking on me so uh, i do that matters um but uh i was like i just want this to feel good i want it to be about love like i want it to also it just became a, a crutch for solidarity like look we stand with black sand we stand with these guys it just became a solidarity crutch and i was like it was like all the like no offense but it was just a lot of white people being like you know, trying to make themselves feel better, in my opinion. A lot of times it was interpreted as that. There's, there are a lot of really cool friends that I have that are super genuine. Yeah. But there was a lot of just like, man, if I was there, I would have beat those guys up. I'm like, yeah, sure. That's why none of the 20 people there beat those guys up. And no, then, They
1: didn't say anything. None didn't say anything. Water said anything. Nothing. What, what happened happened to you? They were just like.
2: It was silence. So I I, I don't care about any of that. Uh, the solidarity from the brands who don't actually follow up and actually care. And um, that's why I was like, yo, this is this was created for black people to view a black experience in a place where we are an anomaly, in a place where we have been histo- systemically and historically barred out of, told that we can't, been otherized, and like, okay, we actually, like we said, if you see it, you can be it. We can't even see it. We, they never showed us the surfers, the the, the black surfers in Senegal we never saw that they, didn't, they never they never told they, never told, they, us they that, never
1: told us about them. that, that it was happening in in the, in the 17th century in Ghana
2: we didn't know bro we did not know you know we didn't we just didn't see it so now to be in a position where it's like okay now people can see it now like through the people i met through this color the water and soap fly surf school hey what if we just did these free lessons and we use this platform we have to promote joy and positivity and love and what if I perhaps used my talents as a DJ in this space. That may be the best thing I can contribute to this place is myself. Let me be my actual, full, authentic self. And I pull up my El, El Camino, Camino, Camino to the beach,
1: put the ones and twos in the trunk, in the, trunk. And the speakers Let me on the side. Set up these speakers on the side with no permit, put a surf school happening on the beach. With with black and brown people Teaching people how to surf And send out an invite and say Hey, we're here Going to be doing this thing Come through if you just want to vibe, hang, whatever If you want to learn how to surf What (laughs) might happen if you do do
2: that that? What might happen if you create access And make people feel seen and included What might happen Oh, this has never happened there's never been a space opened up to us in this way like in this light with the with the with the with the reach that we we have now just through social media especially because it's not the first rodeo it's not the first time it's been done but with the scope of how many people we have the ability to access to say hey you can come here and you can do this and here's all the tools and it's all free and it's all vibes and you're going to meet other people who are like you who feel like oh I can surf I want to go or I want to just sit on the beach just to be here is yeah. literally an act of resistance you know so. And shout out
1: to the Black Surfers Association. 100%. BSA, That's what I was and, doing next. And, and Tony Corley and, 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 and company who were doing versions of this in the in, 70s, in the 70s. And the 80s and met with deep, deep, deep resistance, didn't have social media to network and creating these events, but they were happening in a vacuum. Yep. And they went up against so much Mm -hmm. um, to create the opportunity that we have today in this in this landscape. Um, But this moment in your listen, you, you also easily could have been like, fuck surfing.
2: Yeah. I could have been, like, fuck surfing. And a lot of people would have. And, uh, like, it's like, dude, if my mom was in that position and she was, like, out there just trying to surf for you know, like, she would have been like, I'm never doing that again. You know? And I don't want anybody to ever have that experience. Me, personally, when it happened, I was laughing. I was like, this is actually hilarious. The fact that you're down to say this right now is more appalling to me than anything. Mm -hmm. I'm not hurt. You know what I mean? So, whatever. Like I said, we took that. And I was like, I want this to be about love, and I want this to be about us. And through that, what happened to us, I just started to do so much personal research on the history of all black beaches around America, from Chicken Bone Beach to Cars Beach, Pacific Beach Club, Bruce's Beach, and then I found out about Ebony Beach Club through a newspaper archive.
1: Yeah, when you sent me that article about Ebony Beach Club,
2: man, right, Yeah, I did send I,
1: it to you got chills through my whole body
2: yeah and i was like oh yeah this is it this this is the, something this is the wave yeah so that to me the, the the history hitting so close to home the way that the original ebony beach club was disintegrated before it even got to officially open mm. due to those racist policies that were in place y'all are
1: gonna do what
2: oh yeah no we're no. gonna shut that down before you yeah. even start like, imagine. let
1: us help you we don't help you help yourselves. That's a wrap.
2: That's a wrap. Actually, he leases the building and they go, no, this is a wrap. Yeah. You actually, you're not allowed to open this. Actually, we're going to, we're going to blow this up. Uh, we got to put a, a parking lot right here. I think it might be better for the community, a parking lot, like a civic parking. And truck. your Ebony Beach Club. Your Ebony Beach Club. What's that? So, yeah, um, through finding out that history, which was very shocking to me because I was just on the newspapers.com where you can find any article, any newspaper from literally back to the 1600s. And I was just typing in beach, black, ebony, beach, nigger, beach, nigga, beach, everything that had to do with black beach, surf, sand, ocean, water pools. I was just doing all the research I could reading every article I could. And that story stood out to me so hard. And, um, and also, we didn't have the trademark to the Black Sand name, so this dude was like kind of pressing us about it. So we were, like, whatever, yeah. we gotta change it anyways. But um, I had no problem doing that, and I was like, you know what, Ebony Beach Club. You were like, lives on. you sent me. You're like, what do you think about this? I think, <laughs> just, just like, what do we think?
0: Think there's no <laughs> think. Like
2: this is it? Yeah, dude. So, uh, so, but that to me, what's most important about the name that spoke to me was it was unapologetically black yeah because respectfully surf has been unapologetically white for so long at least the the selling the selling of it the selling of surf yes the selling the, of it the happened. california dream and the, you know what i mean and the like that for sure it was unapologetically white it was cool. A lot, of the, a lot of the visuals were actually really cool. The the boards that they were writing, the the colors, like everything about it was it was actually sick, but it just was unapologetically white. So to create something where I'm like, okay, what if we just made something unapologetically black? It doesn't mean you can't participate. Yeah,
1: unapologetically black but also not without excluding.
2: Without exclusion. Exactly. But it's like, no, this is designed for these people who were like, dang, I don't fit into that picture at all. Yeah. Where are the people that look like me? I'm also,
1: not, I'm, I'm also demonstrably made to feel uncomfortable if I show up. Exactly. Or if I do show up, this thing that, that is unapologetically this way says, you want to participate? You can, but you need to adapt and align and make yourself as much this as possible in order to have
2: acceptance. Yes, assimilate into our ways. So it's like I just literally I, – I can't even um, – fully subscribe to the pre-existing surf culture as deep as the history is it's not my history you know what i mean as like amazing as surfing itself is i think that it is our that's what's beautiful about today is we're getting crew we've created this opportunity to recreate surf culture and its meaning if that means bringing a stripper pole to the beach and backing up the el camino and playing music and giving lessons for free while Julian Williams is ripping, hanging 10 on like little shitty two foot dock wire waves, making that shit look like Waikiki. Like that is cool to me. It's Wauquique. like, you know what I mean? this guy. <laughs> yeah, like that to me, I'm like, it's a whole different thing. It's not like, we're, I'm not trying to change what it is. I'm just like, this is what it is for us right. and those who want. And I think just us existing. It's
1: another it's a, it's it is a a slice of surf culture in and amongst all the other areas of surf culture but yeah. it's it's going it is at eye level.
2: Yeah, it's it's like, oh, it doesn't take anything from anybody else's idea. At the end of the day, that culture that we talk about being unapologetically white at the end of the day, it's their culture. That's what you came up on. That's what your dad showed you and that's you. And that is that's that's just you. I can't take that from you, but this is borrowed, us.
0: borrowed, informed, and, uh, and 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 taken from
1: Polynesian peoples and stripped of yeah any of its backstory.
2: It's it's very it's it's very complex, and that's why even when I even speak to uh, surf and the problems of surf, I'm always speaking to Southern California in particular, the place that I know, the place that I've experienced. Because what's happening here is very specific. The ecosystem of surf that exists here is what I speak to. I haven't surfed in uh Hawaii. I mean, I've surfed in Kauai. What am I talking about? But I haven't experienced the culture. You're about to. Yeah, you're I'm about, about to. We're about to go to the North Shore
1: together and experience it. you're about to get a, a deep the full experience. deep baptism in the yeah. the full circle so, of the depths of Surf culture exactly. at, at its roots and respect level. We're gonna be hanging out with and I'm so excited. Dr. Cliff Capono,
2: bro, Cliff Capono is he's
1: so gonna you know
2: cool. he's valid. he's super valid, so valid. Um, and I'm excited for you to yeah. to, to get to. I'm ignorant to experience to, it. I'm ignorant to that experience. You know what I mean? Like I and, and when I say ignorant, I just mean like I just literally have not experienced that. All I've gotten to experience is Manhattan Beach and Malibu. You but know what I mean?
1: Your your naivete to the rest of the culture Mm -hmm. is not the definition of what the cult of what surfing is to you exactly and the exclusion never excluded you like Mm -hmm. you've never felt excluded because you're like cool that's what y'all do and but this is what it is for me and and i
2: we will create we will create what it is for us exactly we speak to our experience you know and everybody has their own experience, but the people who can feel what we feel can assimilate into this iteration of said experience. You know, everybody globally is have is creating their own experience with surf.
1: And that Ebony Beach Club, the events this summer took yes. place at Dockweiler, that yes. first place that you described yep. buying the bodyboard from the from the Mexican woman who was selling them on the on the beach you having this feeling like I need to stand on these things yeah all this thing fast forward to that first event how many people showed up
2: the very first one there was probably about 80 people the very first one and that was that was November end of 2021 technically right but then April 2022 this year that we're in that is about to be over because it is the end of November at the recording of this podcast, mm. um, April 2022, first beach bounce, about 150 people, 120 to 150. May it was about 300 people, doubled in size. I was like, "Whoa!" It's like twice as many people as last time. June it was about 600 people. I was like, "This is like the second time this thing has doubled."
0: Yeah, I that think was I, the first time that
2: that was we saw the, the first poll. time I
1: came, Yeah, I came through that, came that first to that one. one. I came to that one. I was like, "Yo, this is."
2: You know, this is this is people are skateboarding, this is an experience people skating, skating in the, in the lot, lot, like you know, just I, you name it. It's the barbecue grill is out and like soap lines and, cold and the water, like, Giving lessons, lessons. I, dance. I, remember, I
1: I was on the beach for like the first thirty forty minutes just and watching I just it all. couldn't speak and I was fighting back tears because I, I was just like I couldn't imagine an experience like this existing. I don't know what my life would have been if this existed when I was a kid, exactly. when I was even in my twenties. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be bolstered by it being okay to be unapologetically us at the beach.
2: 50 black people surfing, 50 more in the water, just watching, just seeing that many of us in one place at one time in the water was like, whoa, like it was a ethereal experience, you know? So (laughs) how many people were at the last one? And so (laughs) July, that's 600 doubles to about 1200. August. We're at about 2,000 and some change. September, the final one of the year. We had to move it to a different spot on Dockweiler Beach that had the mound. We moved it to Tower 51, I believe it was at. 5,000 people in attendance. <laughs> 5,000 people. No permit, no insurance, no security, no porta bodies, no budget. And no one's been arrested. No one's been arrested. No violence free surf lessons people being exposed to it just seeing it for the, seeing a surfboard in person for the first time so many people creating their own experience with the beach and 5000 people 5000 people 5000 people in heaven it was a and that was all because of the intention that was the things I wrote in my notebook at this time last year. All are real. I drew pictures of everything that exists now. The Ebony Beach Club and the articles I sent you this time the last year, the research that was done, the intention put into the renaming and moving this in a direction that was designed to be a space of black joy and not solidarity for this traumatic thing. It's like I could care less if people know about that, and that's what's beautiful. Most the people out there don't know about that at all. They're there because they're like, wow, this is love on the beach. Some people, most people there now aren't even there to surf. People are just there to be stoked to be at the beach en masse with other people that look like them in a way that we never knew we could. Because by design, we weren't, you know? So, we, so to, to see it blossom to that and to, to have people's eyes opened. To the possibilities of what if. The possibilities now that lie within. This
1: is a culture shift, Ben. I remember when we were at, um, you came for the release of, uh, for my Dockers collection yep. we were just across the street. Yep. You were also part of the Dockers Recognize yep. uh, campaign. And I remember in that moment, like, seeing the way everybody was building with you and the curiosity of all these different folks about what, has been created in the last year. And I, I was standing off in the back and I just was like, this is, this is the, this is a, it's a shift. It's not even the beginning. Yeah. It's, we're, we're in it, but what, but what I just, I, I, I look forward, you know, and there were so many, you know, so many of us black and brown surfers there that, that day from all different parts of, of the landscape. And I just think to myself, five years. 10 years. It's a different thing.
2: Now. I think of it a 100. I always say this is a 100-year plan. Mm. Like, this is literally a 100-year a plan. Like, we actually don't know what it did until, like, about 100 years passes.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, then we're like, okay, now it's, now it's a new scope. Like, we have disintegrated the Negro Leagues from basketball. Let's see what happens over the course of the next 80 years. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, now that we have the access... We can see it. We get to go, what if I
1: hundred year plan get to surf. Hey, uh, tell me about your business plan. Well,
2: it's a hundred year plan. Excuse me? Yeah. Yes, it's a hundred year plan. Yeah, it's there's layers and I mean, I live inside the idea. Ever since I was young, I've lived inside of the idea of what if, which I, I keep saying because it, it means that much to me. That every time I say what if, that is God, you know, so The commonality of that 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 threat, the idea, and what if throughout the
1: entirety Mm -hmm. of your story and where it has you today is um, it's a truly beautiful thing, man. And I like, I I marvel at your vision and your 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 unabashed bravery of just being like, I'm if if I feel it, I have no choice but to step into it and not being restricted by the idea of not knowing how like actually not knowing how is your superpower.
2: That is the superpower, bro. You said it, you hit the nail on the head. That's why I, that's why I told you like, I don't know what I'm doing to this very moment. I don't know what I'm doing to be transparent. I'm still, I'm, I'm currently organizing and figuring out Ebony beach club and how we're going to see through these plans to, create a, a a more intentional diaspora where there's a place where we can go everywhere you know what i mean like where we can tell these stories on a global level where we can organize in the community that i'm in and we could do surf and swim lessons monthly multiple times a month where we can create a wave pool in car center compton uh that these are all the goals and those are some of the goals where we can put a storefront where it can act as a community resource to have free boards and free wetsuits and also have the black surf and beach history on the wall as well as our cool little products and put it in Manhattan Beach right there where it all started. Big, nice storefront with the big-ass Afro swimmer logo on it. Like Bro. that, these are all parts of the vision. Stress. I'll be working shifts behind behind the counter. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just we just when, have to be there when people we come have, in and be
2: like, "Oh, what's this?" Babe? Yeah, welcome. We gotta have that. We gotta have that flagship, that place where people just know that they can come. It's safe. They can try it. There's somebody there that's gonna it's help them
0: replicate it around
1: everywhere this country. You know, and it doesn't have to be limited. You know, that's a thing. Yeah, surf culture became from an economic standpoint, like. A a lifestyle that people wanted to emulate and just have a slice of right. So yeah. they sold surf brands everywhere. It was like a, a way to be cool. Yeah, and you know surfing is cool. Surfing surfing is cool. Surfing is cool.
2: It's cool. It's, it's the cool. shiny object
1: it's, in it's, the in the in the front window. It's, it's as cool as yeah. as can be. Surfer is, eh, but surfing is cool. Surfing is really cool. And he, I could just that level of cool infused with this genuine empowerment and 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 joy empowerment this is enjoy this is literally like joy empowerment would you like to level hi would you like to have your life leveled up with joy and empowerment and empowerment try water yeah it works it works water works try water you know that thing that you're made up is 79 percent of you try 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 to sit in it yeah and to 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 find a safety and a and, a, yeah. and a and an equity in your being, yeah,
2: the texture of your
1: being, water,
2: go hop in, yeah, man. So, so I think, uh, like I said, all of all of that, I have no idea what I'm doing, and every day I'm just going, well, what if we stay that way? What if we try these things? What if there's there's no there's no rule book? There's no book in Barnes and Nobles. There's no how to build a this how to build a business how to build a culture how to uh be politically correct and navigate other people's feelings and emotions based on the color of their skin or their upbringing i'm like no how to speak to the person that is me everywhere and that is who it's for and that's why i said you are me i'm you and there's so many more of us and we're finding them. Yeah. And we're going to have a blast. We are we are having <laughs> we're having a blast. We are having
1: and we will continue to be having a blast and we are interested in the repetitive in that sweetness. Yeah. Man, thank you a. so much, man, for choosing to bathe in your in your what if. Yeah. This has been a. a, a I think for anyone who's watching or listening they they will never have to ride a surfboard or make uh make a note of music um to feel something well up with within them to 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 follow their what ifs man yeah and uh you just this is just a slice of the story but i'm so grateful for the slice that you've shared thank you sir for giving
2: me a place to say it all it's uh it's my pleasure it is you're an icon sir I'm happy to be in the flesh with you right now. Come on, bro. I'm happy to to be able to see you this close and shake your hand like that. Seriously,
1: and fa- and 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 Facetime me without prefacing.
2: Yeah, like I don't gotta text <laughs> you. Like I'm about to. Fa- I'm just gonna Facetime you. Just a like, cold Facetime. In, in like, hey, hey Salemma, This is how the young kids are doing it now. I told you. So <laughs> I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna end this with uh, the one of the beautiful things about our friendship is that you know. You recognize the the, the twenty five year old and me who will never die, yep. and so you welcome me into the things. We share commonalities in in our, our passions and, yeah. and and music and we and and art and we put put each other on the things. Um, go to shows together, etc. Like I really consider you a dear friend, but I texted you uh, about being on this podcast. I texted. Uh, to break about being on this podcast and he just hit me back immediately with a facetime and i was like this "Dude, facetime me and you said to me on the face it's like bro this is what we do like we just facetime each other and i was like <laughs> unannounced and i think i texted you i said oh i said this is the equivalent of what it was like in like the for me as a, in the 90s we just showed up i told you i texted you. Yeah. Like, we just showed up at people's houses yeah like uh, like you just showed up and you knocked on the door People were like yo and I, when i said that to you you're like nah <laughs> that would never go down today like someone would get beat i'm like bro that's the equivalent of the unannounced facetime
2: yeah nah, for sure oh, i'm knocking on the door that was good bro
1: yeah that's how it was yeah, you just technology. i was in the neighborhood and yeah. then you ended up hanging out all day at yeah. someone's house. i'm also so. just terrible at thank things. you now now i feel confident to i'm, I'm just facetiming yeah
2: people facetiming now. we cover so know. much more ground so much straight faster. up you know what I mean? Like, We're
1: sitting here right now because of the unannounced
2: FaceTime. So thank you. FaceTime your friends and your people.
1: FaceTime your friends. Let them see. Like, it was cool to just hear the voices, but now we have access to being able to see and feel the texture of each other's beings. FaceTime unannounced your
2: friends and your family. All the time. And here's your assignment. If you made it to the end of this podcast, congratulations. You got a brand new car. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um... Go in your journal, which hopefully you have one. If not, go in your notes. And just write down, what if I do like 10 of them at least? And then do the nearest, most actionable thing to one of those. Two if you can. All 10 if you want. And that's your homework. And I can't put anything else on that.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thank you, Justin.
2: Thank you, Sal.
0: (laughs) It takes a village to bring you the What Shapes Us podcast. Our incredible graphic design team at Parsons Branding. Music by the one and only Huma Masekela and my band, Alakazam. Produced. By yours truly, Salema Mavena Masakella. And directed by Ernesto Hurtado, aka Machete, and myself, Salema Masakella. The What Shapes Us podcast is a Rebel Talk Network production.
1: Stick to the pace, you're a rat in the race. That's all you can give, but ain't all that it takes. Put your money on the wall, but it won't buy taste. Surprised to shine when you stop to embrace Breathe, don't want to watch you go under Fly, don't want to see you burn Please, they're going to take your thunder Why you want to miss your turn? Please, you don't paint by numbers Fortune only favours the bold Sweat, no money, no motion Plant these trees of coffee and gold